0: Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Baseball season's greetings. Oh, there we go. And welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. And I am Jamie Motor. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great. Why we think they're awesome. And why you should, too. How you doing today, JP? I am doing fantastic so as I was prepping for this
1: I have in quotes supposed to be opening weekend yes. for baseball yes well you know what we're having baseball yes. and that makes me very happy um, so we have a special treat that is baseball themed we had planned this so many so many weeks ago yeah. months ago months even ago. Uh, in preparation for what is to be baseball season That's right. and we have two guests we're doing a jam-packed Full baseball music episode. That's Rob, right. tell them what we are covering
0: today. It's the opening day doubleheader. So today, release day is supposed to be the eve of opening day. Correct. Like, baseball season was supposed to start tomorrow. Tomorrow. But for those of you who don't follow baseball, first of all, if you know us for if you've, you know, been with us for any length of time, you know baseball is super important to us. We both love it. It's what we grew up on. You know, and you're a huge sports nut. Absolutely. But, but baseball is king. You know what I mean? It's, the, for it's me, the stuff. Anyway. um, But um, anyway, tomorrow was supposed to be opening day. There was a labor stoppage, uh, or I should say a lockout, actually. The, the, The baseball owners locked out the players, and it actually jeopardized the season. They ended up canceling some games. Pushing some things back and then uncanceling some games, so the season is starting a week, two weeks late, essentially. But we're going to drop this as planned because we got other plans. That's right. We can't be. We're going to. We're going to work on our schedule. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Nobody's locking us out from anything. So we're dropping this today because we got other stuff to do next month. So. Today we are dropping the opening day double header. We're covering two songs of a very different style, correct? <laughs> from very different eras, yes. But both baseball related, and we're going to interview people who are uh, important and relevant and crucial to both, and both officia, uh tie-ins to the Atlanta Braves,
2: specifically the Atlanta man
0: Braves, hits which home with us, our team of choice. So let me tell you what's coming. Okay, we're going to start out with the Waho Freestyle. There we go. That is. Wahoo! By the way, as in Waffle House, not as in Wahoo, as in Native American caricature. Atlanta Braves. (laughs) I know that's a whole touchy thing. Sure, so it's Wahoo. The Wahoo Freestyle by Aaron Tuning, uh, and then we're going to talk to Aaron. And then we're going to cover the American classic oh, man. in so many ways, Take Me Out to the Ballgame. How have
1: we waited nine
0: seasons to talk about <laughs> Take Me Out to the Ballgame? Seriously, Game? it is one of the most well-known songs of all time. Yeah. And we are going to talk to none other than Atlanta Braves organist, Matthew Kaminsky. Oh, yes, good stuff. So, huge day for us. <laughs> Uh, Just incredible We hope you guys enjoy it Even if you don't love baseball You're going to love some of this stuff On these songs Um, And so let's kick it off right away This is Waho Freestyle By Aaron Tuning
3: Uh oh Austin's backing up Roll up to the teller The teller I need a couple out Cause me and all my homies Are throwing it down At Waffle House Scab it smothered and covered I'm Paula Dean with that butter We're going through the shipping I'ma milk it like an utter Hey Lieutenant Dan Like a sinning fan, Matt's a carry in the load, and that Pringles can hey. Hey. Jock wearing pearls. He on that Betty White. Feel uh, my cadence, you like, girl, oh, I betty White. True, hey. well, you're very right. <laughs> Lucas forcing ugly swings, man's a jetty. This feeling like Ario. I love Eddie Rosario. I don't mean to be blunt, but he getting hiss like Sicarios. You want beef? I'm a sloppy Joe. These bros smash like they Mario. Thought we'd be done this summer, but we still kicking bla, 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 like bla, bla, Machio I could be the freeze if he got a crown. How? I love. Li- <laughs> My favorite, <laughs> you all teams old news like a lava lamp. Group. Austin put him on his back, tramps down <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For us, we beat the West, can tell me nothing. Jeez. Dodge the bullet with some California loving, oh. spending money for nothing. This diet straight up and flushing, yeah, Man. We're a, yeah. yeah, mesh messes Putin like a Russian. Come on. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna stop it there, but Dang. we're gonna
0: revisit some things and, so and good. Th- there's so much more to this song. But let me lay some groundwork as to what we're listening to. Okay. So, first, the reason the song exists, uh as far as the the Waffle House uh aesthetic and the and the naming of the Waffle House comes from a tweet. This this song was created between last year's Uh, National League Championship Series in which the Braves beat the Los Angeles Dodgers. And the World Series, uh, in which the Braves, hello, beat the Houston Astros. There and we go. Twenty twenty-one World Series champions. Uh, hadn't happened since nineteen ninety-five. Been to tons of sporting events
1: in my lifetime, and going to Game Three of the World Series is probably number one. Yeah, it's going to be number.
0: one. It was amazing. You got to hold the flag. I did get to hold the flag field. on the field. Come on. Yeah,
1: it was wonderful. That was incredible. what a day.
0: What a day. What a day. And for me, it was. I got to go to the nineteen ninety-one World Series. Braves Twins uh, and National League Championship Series against the Pirates, and that was like life change. I was ten. I mean, There's no more perfect time. That's wonderful. That stamped me forever with a you know a love of baseball, as if I didn't love it already. Um, So, you're hearing a lot of references. You're hearing the West Coast. Uh, you know, we, we dodged a bullet on the West Coast. That's because they beat, beat the Dodgers in a tense series. Um, and then there's all kinds of just, seriously, you owe it to yourself to, to go just read the lyrics to this song. It's un- unbelievably dense with references, not just to baseball, but all kinds of pop culture. He's talking about spending money for nothing, uh, like dire straits and flushing, talking about the Mets, yeah. how they, you know, go buy players. And they, the Mets actually ran a... Um, they did a, an exercise, a team exercise last season before the season started where they pretended, they celebrated as though they had won the World Series. <laughs> they celebrated on the field and like it was, you know, it was one of those just like mental exercises to try and like visualize or <laughs> yeah. maybe you want to say manifest a World Series uh-huh. win, that kind of thing. They got crushed for it, you know what uh-huh. I mean? And then, and then they end up, you know, out of contention and all that kind of stuff, but there's So many of these references. We could not possibly cover every single reference in this song. Go read the lyrics to Waho Freestyle because... If you're a baseball fan, especially if you're a Braves fan. If you're from the South, too, and you get the Waffle House references. Yeah. Are
1: Waffle Houses nationwide? I don't know. Oh, I yeah, feel, yeah, yeah. Okay, I feel the, like they're just bigger here for some yes, reason. Yes, they are. They they matter more here, I think, uh-huh. yes. But I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure Waffle House
0: is nationwide. We like a little more gravy and syrup uh, down here, yes. I feel like, yeah. than a lot of the world. Um, And it's it, it, Waffle House is a whole aesthetic in the South. Like, it just really is. And so the the, the reason that Waffle House is important to this particular song. Like, what does Waffle House have to do with baseball? You know what I mean? It's not just a Southern thing. It's deeper than that. During the National League Championship Series, a, a beat writer for the Los Angeles Dodgers, um, or for the LA Times, I guess, uh, his name is Bill Plaschke, and he tweeted um, and and said, after the five-game madness against the Giants, that was who the, the Dodgers beat in the uh, National League Division Series, uh, after the five-game madness against the Giants, this NLCS game one in sterile shopping mall Atlanta Stadium feels like a Saturday night in May. Most excitement is discussion of post-game trip to Waffle House, and let me tell you, that tweet set people on fire. Yeah, like taken as a personal insult. <laughs> to, in other words, he's saying. He's saying Atlanta fans are not passionate. Essentially, is what's coming off. Right? Yeah. He's like the stadium is is a nothing burger, uh-huh. and and these people don't care about this game like Giants fans did. Yeah, and that flew all over the Atlanta faithful. That's right. Um, and so Twitter went. Twitter caught fire. Like, yeah. Braves Twitter <laughs> caught absolute fire. It Just blasting Bill Plaschke for weeks, right? Uh And forever among Braves fans, the name Bill Plaschke will be tied to Waffle House now, right? And so every chance, every little win, every home run, every whatever, there was just Waffle House jokes, Waffle House jokes, Waffle House jokes. (laughs) I mean, the the Braves in their former stadium in Turner Field in the last several years had a Waffle House inside the stadium. Mm -hmm. So there was just all these little things that came together that made this what it was. And so I went to Waffle House after game three. Like
1: yeah, I did. Yeah. You just got to. Yeah, yeah, you
0: just did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for yeah, for a while that was my my in game food was going to Waffle House and yeah. getting, you know It's open late. Yeah, it's it's Waffle House. Yeah, it's reasonably priced. <laughs> it's delicious. You might see the cooks getting a fight with each other. Right. I mean, it's awesome. You know, you can play the waffle do wop. Yeah, you, just, you never know what you're going to get at a Waffle House except for delicious food. Right. You know, you're going to get that. And then beyond that, it's you're going to leave full. Yeah, you're going to leave full and you're and you're not going to spend a ton of money. Um, and you you might see something that has never happened this in this episode. Before. Brought to you by the Waffle House. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, exactly. So that's sort of the impetus for this being tied to Waffle House, right? This is not the first time that Aaron Tuning has done a brave song. This is he he has done it several other times, um, and we'll talk to him about that some in the interview. But they're all funny. They're all sort of tongue in cheek. You know, he he knows he's not like a serious rapper. Although I think he's great. I oh think yeah. His rhymes are legit. His cadence is good. His, he's got, he's, he's got, got a good, good flow, good, a good, good, got a good flow. He's got a good voice. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I to me it mixed well, yeah, it it sounds great. So to to me, he comes off perfectly credible as a rapper. But he but he goes into it going, I'm not trying to be a serious rapper. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um except for there was there's one, he's gonna talk about it where people felt like maybe he was trying to be serious and he kinda got he kinda got blasted for it. Um but or kinda got clowned for it, I guess I'll say. But um uh, a little bit about Aaron Tuning. He is, if you don't know him, first of all, go follow him on Instagram, TikTok. Um, Twitter, to Facebook, all the all the all the places, but Instagram and TikTok is pretty much going to get you most of his content nowadays. He is a digital creative genius. He's one of I consider this is a weird thing to say, but I consider he's he's one of like the fathers of like the modern. Um, uh, you know, digital influencer. Whatever. That's good. That's in you're the going. in the humor space. Yeah, there are other people in you know other things, but f- but for humor, he's one of the OGs for me of the of the ultra modern um you know humor influencers. And uh, I I discovered him first back on Vine back in the day. I know you don't do you even know what Vine is just from talking about it. I've watched all of his when okay. we got together. With him, so so. It, you know, Vine was the, the it was like a seven second video platform, um and he was the goat of the seven second video joke for me. Like there was nobody better than him. Um, and now he does that stuff, you know, on TikTok and Instagram, but his talents don't stop there. He's now helping major brands. He's done campaigns with Major League Baseball, the NBA, Regal Cinemas, and more with digital campaigns. He's worked with uh, artists like T-Pain for digital ads. He's got pretty much one of the coolest jobs you could possibly imagine. That's awesome. Um, and he is now um, stepped out into his own creative agency. You know, he was, he was working with some other people, but he's doing his own thing now. And so he is a, uh, a free agent, so to speak. <laughs> so if you need him to work- work on your stuff you should contact him look him up he's good yeah um he co-hosts also a hilarious podcast called no worries if not with andrew stanley um that that uh the title of that podcast speaks to me like few other podcasts do (laughs) that is my personality right you just like you 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 make a request or suggest something or blah 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 and then you end it with no worries if not though you know what i mean (laughs) like it's fine um you want to hedge your bets and like not offend somebody and blah 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 (laughs) Their podcast focuses a lot on comedy, but also has a lot of different stuff going on. They interview cool people who like just teach them stuff or talk about different areas, um, but they they bring on a lot of comedians. They've had our friend Dave Barnes on recently. Great uh, episode. A hilarious episode. Um, but uh, they talk, talk about a lot of cool stuff. Andrew Stanley is a, is a stand-up comedian. And um, Aaron Shooting also co-hosted one of my other favorite uh, and now defunct podcasts called Deep Fried Kale. Um, he and uh, T.R. Wilhoyt, they did a thing where they would talk about comedy, or they would talk, you know, with a, with, a, with a special guest, um, and then they would review a like health food. So hence the, the the title, Deep Fried Kale. And they would try something that they just, you know, <laughs> found at Whole Foods or whatever, uh-huh. and uh, sometimes and then rate it from like one to ten, you know, and just be be disgusted or be like pleasantly surprised or whatever. So yeah, that's kind of the deal with Aaron Tuning. Really funny guy, really nice guy. We had interacted on. Uh, Twitter and Instagram for years before this, you know, and and it was really nice to to finally get to actually connect in this way, you know, for an interview. It was the, it was the perfect moment. Um, the Braves just won the 2021 World Series. Wonderful timing. At, 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 like, so when we interviewed him, it was so close to it that he had just been in the, the victory parade. And Atlanta. we were all hype. Yeah, the day before he was in this victory parade, and then he comes on to talk with us. So, and now we get to release it, The We're going to go ahead and say opening day. It's not opening day, but it's about to be. It was supposed to be. We're just (laughs) going to go ahead and call it, okay? So let's go straight to this interview with Aaron Tuning, but stick around. We've got an entire other episode following on behind this interview with Aaron Tuning. We'll be back to cover Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Right after this
3: don't hinge cost of stones yeah the dad big <laughs> off speed cross them up like a cat that's your friendly neighborhood slider so man we mcguire honey baked and top a list been going so ham we got a lot of bright spots like my farmer stand oh. he ready here's a blank check Alex paid a man I saw my house my kidneys Ladies and gentlemen,
0: as promised, <laughs> we are here again, because again, I <laughs> forgot to hit record the first time, so we, had, we <laughs> wasted about seven minutes, uh, but we are here. It was with, not wasted. It was
4: seven minutes in heaven, it boys. Was, it, was, it was well Loved used. it.
0: It's probably best that we don't release it. It got steamy quick. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> we are here with, I'll, I'll forego all the other things I said before, someone on my Mount Rushmore of all of social media, Aaron Tuning, the man, the myth, the legend, musician, serious rap artists uh, (laughs) trying to totally take it seriously in the rap space. And uh, comedian, (laughs) director, content creator, he's he's your guy. If you need something done online, Aaron Tuning is your guy. Aaron, thanks so much for joining us today.
4: Wow. Wow. Goosebumps. Thanks for having me. This is amazing. (laughs)
0: Um, Okay. let's. I don't even know where to start now, y'all. We we had to start over. It was totally my fault. I take all the blame. Um, Let's start with the Waffle House Freestyle. Um, Tell us a little bit about... Your inspiration for the Waffle House freestyle, which is the Braves hype song. We we oh gosh, I'm backtracking, but you're good. You're a huge Braves fan. We're a huge Braves yeah. fan. We we all roll deep with the Braves. And so when the Braves started winning in the playoffs, uh, you decided, okay, I'm going to make a hype song this year. Tell us kind of a little bit about what you normally do and how and how this year's evolved.
4: Yeah, um, I. This is the fifth comedic. Song and video I've done for the Braves over the years, um, four slash about it depends. Each song sometimes they're involved, sometimes they're not. Um, the last couple have been self-produced, and when it's self-produced, I just have a lot more freedom. I can objectify players by talking about their donks and their <laughs> thickness. It's just a little more fun for me. But uh, you know, but if I'm putting up my own money and time, I need to be confident that you know we're gonna win. Like I can't put out a hype song and then we don't make the playoffs. Right. That is embarrassing. Um, and so it just kind of came down to the wire. This didn't look like our year until a week ago when we won it, you know, right. kind of, um, so yeah, I, I wasn't sure we we're going to make the playoffs even until the last week. And then, you know, I mean, Dodgers brewers, there's, I don't know. I just, I just wasn't completely confident and I needed that confidence. So I wasn't going to do a song, but it we went to game six, of the NLCS. It was just the best night ever. I cried a lot. Um, <laughs> wasn't going to do a song, but then I woke up the next morning just overflowing with joy. and I don't know. I went to a coffee shop. Uh, I just thought, hey, let me try to write some stuff, see if anything comes out. And I wrote four pages of lyrics. So I wrangled up my crew, Jordan Rowe, who produces the songs. He's a home studio. We go back a long time. He's in all the Brave songs. Um, he recorded it, turned it around a day and a half. And then Jake at McBeardish is his handle. He does incredible graphics work. Kim and his team did a lyric video in a day and a half. So it came together super quick. Wasn't planning on it, but I'm glad it happened. And we're all pretty proud of it, which is good.
0: It was nuts because you were literally like, I remember what, I think one day on Twitter or Instagram, you were like, I'm not doing a Brave song this year. Here's a few lines that I just had in my phone. You know what I mean? So I'm going to throw yeah. them out because I would And then the next day you were like, "Never mind, It'll be on SoundCloud in the morning, you know? Um,
4: yeah. Yeah. That was, I kind of did. I, I do that every year. Cause I don't know if I'm going to do a song, but now that I have in the past is always kinda in the back of my head. If I feel super inspired. Um, so I have an app or a note on my phone with random punchlines or I don't know. It's just kind of how my brain works is those kind of quick pun jokes like that
0: yeah,
4: or roast jokes. So I'm just going to have them just in case. So yeah, tweeted all those out. Definitely ruined some, some punchlines <laughs> before the song came out, but Whatever. I didn't know it was going to happen.
0: It's all good. Do you feel, uh, now as you've done five of these songs, do you feel pressure with each one? like, Or do you feel like I got I to top it? Or is it just like, this one is what it is?
4: Yeah, I don't, I don't feel like I need to top it. I, I just want to make sure I'm not releasing the cringiest thing ever. Uh, one, one of the songs, uh, Chop Armstrong. I don't know. Did y'all yeah. you, you see that one? Yeah, sure. Sucks. uh <laughs> See, so it's on. it kind of it makes sense if you've seen all the other ones because they're all different genres you know we're not serious, yeah. but it wasn't funny enough. So it like picked up steam on all the wrong parts of the internet. And so they're like, This is the worst band I've ever seen. They're like, We're not serious. So like there wasn't enough, it wasn't silly enough. It just was like POD butt rock. And uh I don't know. It was a tough week online. So I've learned I learned a lot from that week, and now I'm just like this has to be super goofy. No one can take it seriously. Right. But still kind of want it to be cool, but it's got to be silly enough that everyone knows it's a joke.
1: Did you, you, uh you turned out to be a prophet. The Jorge hitting dingers out the solar system. Game six hadn't happened yet. No, but the game yeah. one hadn't happened yet. Like you, you nailed that. You're a prophet. It was wonderful.
4: That one, that one felt good, but there's still some other ones. Like I didn't mention AJ Minter. Sorry, mm, bad. That's right uh didn't mention heredia there's some stuff looking back and i'm like ugh. The, but yeah that one, that one worked out for the sure.
1: austin took the mantle from chipper like he's mickey that one literally made my hair arm hair stand up i was <laughs> like oh my gosh that's like that's like deep i love that yeah
4: well lo- that's great to hear
1: have you ever seen the movie blank check yes <laughs> name me one fact about the movie blank check any fact
4: uh, Tone locus in it and gets hit in the nuts in the batting cage. There the baseball. You
1: go. Oh man. And there's a music tie in. Well done.
4: Uh. Also you have a, like a 38 year old actress kiss a 16 year old boy on the mouth. Have you, have you watched it since someone posted that clip on TikTok? Cause I remember when I was a kid, I was like, this is the coolest thing I have ever seen, you know, because <laughs> I had such a crush on her in the movie and they, they smooch in the fountain at the end. Then watching it now, I'm like, Not? Okay. (laughs) Very, very bad. I don't know how they got away with it, but they
0: did. You know, the 90s was a wild time. Was that
4: 90s? Yeah. Probably. This was before laws, all that stuff.
0: Before we had a government and whatnot. Uh, Okay, JP, ask, this is your question, but I want you to ask it, about Waffle House.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you go into a Waffle House. uh, What is your jukebox song that you go into the jukebox at the Waffle House? What do you play?
4: Yeah. If it's, if it's the old school jukebox, probably going to play neon moon. I first heard that song earlier this year. I didn't grow up with country. Okay. My really? dad didn't like country. Uh, dude, Rob, yeah. that, you're
1: speaking Rob's like, you heard neon moon for the first time in <laughs> 2021.
4: And it, it ruined my life this year in a good way. Like it's all I listened to. There's so many different covers of it that I love now. My friends were so tired of me. Um, <laughs> There's also a bar in Birmingham called neon moon. It's all throwback country and a light up dance floor. So fun. Um, Me and my friend, Amy, she's the one who showed me neon moon. Initially we went over there like a pilgrimage hoping (laughs) that it would like cure me of this obsession. And it kind (laughs) of did, but I do love that song. So that's kind of the old school jukebox song I picked. And then now there's touch tunes everywhere, you know, app on your phone, you can kind of pick whatever. Um, So I try to look around and DJ for the people in the restaurant. Um, I, you know, usually pretty, pretty good with it. If it's, you know, dudes in their forties, I'll drop some Peter Gabriel sledgehammer on them,
2: <laughs> yeah, bake
4: their day. Um, and then, yeah, I remember playing, let me love you by Mario and a cook was loving it and he was just dancing, you know, making food. And I was like, this is, this is what it's all about, boys. <laughs>
0: right. Making the people happy. Uh, you're yeah. a, you're a big karaoke guy too, right? You do a lot of karaoke. Oh yeah. Way too much. Way too much. You even do so in Atlanta. We don't have this yet. I, I'm in Chattanooga. JP lives in. Nashville, I'm in Nashville, uh, so. but I, I live in Chattanooga, and we don't yet have the like live band karaoke, which I think is the mm-hmm. coolest idea in in history. I'm sure they have in Nashville. I'm sure every the, bar they in do Nashville, the dueling it. piano when okay, yeah. With it's so, but like you go to these places where it's like a full live band, and you're just like, let's play Paramore, and then they, you know, whatever. How? Uh, yeah. What's your What's your, we first, we badly need that in Chattanooga. I think, brilliant idea. What's your mm-hmm. go to song, though, in a live karaoke setting?
4: Yeah. Uh, again, you got to read the room. Okay. That's a big thing for You're me. When people to say, like, your will. No, when people say, what's your song? I'm like, that's, that's amateur. You're, you got to know what right. the
2: people want. Okay.
4: Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, Tin High is the name of the bar. It's below Dark Horse Saloon here in, um, in Atlanta, Virginia Highlands. I, I live a couple blocks away, bought a condo. Not for that reason, but it was a factor, big factor. <laughs> um, if, I, if I'm there with a date that I want to impress, I might do Semi Charmed Life because <laughs> there's so many lyrics. It is, it's like a rap song and I don't have to look at the TV. Like I know that one. Wow. Um, I have, I don't know if you can see it on my wall, but you can't right now. There's a third eye blind vinyl. Love those guys. Don't think they're the best band. Love those songs. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And then I don't know. I don't have a huge range, so I can do some Billy Idol, you know, a lot of 80s stuff like in excess, like a little lower.
0: Solid. That's awesome. Love it. Okay. Let me go back a few years to the baselines video. (laughs) lines you know you had done that was your maybe second or third i think uh uh, braves song and that's the point where i went oh snap like he's really got something like when it becomes that official when you're chilling with javi lopez in the in a video like that that's that's like a landmark thing you know what i mean how was that experience and how did that kind of come about that the braves went let's kind of partner with you on
4: this yeah so first one is beast from the east that was completely just about the Braves, because I couldn't call them and say, right. hey, give me money to make a rap song. They're like, no, who are you, freak? <laughs> uh, so we put it out two days for opening day, and then two hours later, after it went live, director of game entertainment called Wow, and said they, were gonna, they wanted to play at the stadium. It was super cool. So kind of built a relationship with them throughout the year. We did The Legend of El Blanco, yep. about Evan Gattis. Evan Gattis. Uh, that was kind of with them. Like, they, we got a... Do up in the stadium but still it was on us so that was the first one where the braves were like we have an idea let's do this wow um you know uh blurred lines just took over the world that year um another thing looking back on it pretty rough yeah. and problematic <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah so i think initially there was an idea to do the icona pop song the i don't care i love it you know oh yeah okay and I, and I had to kind of be like, Hey, there's not many lyrics here. It's a girl pops. Like there's not, Yeah, that's not the thing. So brought up that idea. Obviously you just want a lot of lyrics. You can fit in a lot of jokes. So made that happen. Um, since we were working with them, we got Tom Hawk team. We got Homer at the time right there. Um, and then I asked, I was like, cameos would be great. Who, uh, is there any alumni or what you call old players? Um, and they're like, Maybe Ryan Klesko, maybe, I forget, I think Nuxie potentially, oh, or Javi Lopez. And I was like, well, anybody would be great. Um, Javi Lopez was my favorite player growing up. Okay. So I was like, we'd love to have Javi. So Javi showed up that day. Amazing. I was just nervous going in. <laughs> um, you know, I've done video stuff for forever. So that's not, I don't get nervous there. But I was like, I'm going to, I don't really dance. We got to dance <laughs> with Javi Lopez, whatever. So he shows up. And he's shocked when he gets there. I don't think he was informed what it was like he brought, cause you know, we were wearing tuxes. Yeah. That's the whole blurred lines thing. Right. Um, and he had a white dress shirt and a black jacket and then cargo camo shorts. That's oh, all he had. Okay. And he was like, what is this? He thought he was just doing a signing where he sits Uh-oh. behind a table and doesn't have to stand up. <laughs> And so he was so weirded out at first. Um, I did my best to make him feel comfortable. And it, it, I think it worked. I was like, just watch us do a few takes. Um, I think he knew some of the Tomahawk team from being around the stadium wow. and whatnot. So he eventually loosened up and got into it. And like it was salsa dancing. But that is the reason there's only shots of him from the waist up. Because he was wearing shorts.
0: <laughs> that's, <amazing. laughs> that's cool.
1: That's, wow. Yeah,
4: yeah,
2: yeah. That's a,
0: that's a good fact. All right, let's talk a little Vine. Um, because that is that is the place where a lot of us found you first i know that's that's the first place that i found you um i have laughed harder maybe four or five times in my life than i did the first time i saw good cop dad cop um <laughs> on vine that's literally it just hit me just right and um, so
4: I honestly can't. I, I mean, I remember doing that. I think there's a series of a couple of them. Yeah, it, it's just what like, what is the joke? The, Do you remember? It, it,
0: yeah, so it's like th- the first good cop line is like. You know, hey, just try and cooperate with us, blah blah blah. And then the other cop is dad cop and he interrupts and is just like, Where's the dang remote? <laughs> it just it just hit so right. I don't know, I just lost it. Um I just lost it. JP, you were telling me you're the but one yeah, that got you
1: was I've got like a top four, but my fa- <laughs> my favorite one was the dad you hear about up dog, and it's like son, I'm leaving and I'm never coming back. <laughs> I literally not much you I fell out of the chair. I was like watching through all years the other night just getting ready for this, and I was like, my wife's asleep and I've literally held my side and fell out of the chair. I hadn't seen that one. That one got Yeah.
4: Me. Can y'all tell? I have a difficult relationship with my father. It's crazy. <laughs> <Both of us laughs> all the dad. jokes are like weird dad vibes. Money. No. So That's many, great.
0: Uh, you know, my friend group to this day, we'll sit around probably twice a year and just go on like YouTube where they have like the Aaron Shooting Vines collections, you know, whatever. And here's, here's 18 minutes of six second vines. And uh, we'll just, you know, just watch them all and have a good yuck. It's great. Oh, it's yeah.
4: insane. I love the ones that don't have captions attached. So some of them are... Some of them, you have to see the caption for it to make sense. That's the setup. And it's just pure chaos. It makes no sense. It's funny.
0: The captions are like being able to add another five, six seconds to the joke. You know what I mean? Uh It's like, you know, it's a whole other, it's with no context. Some of them are like, I don't get it. I don't know. That's
4: like a good, good cop, dad cop. Like without that, (laughs) you're just kind of like. Okay. It's just so why, why? <laughs> yeah. that dude needs to chill out. Yeah,
1: I like exactly. the, I do like the <laughs> Jesus still on for Friday,
4: Last Supper. Oh, and he's man. like, hey Jesus, we still on for Friday? Friday, the Last Supper. The what? Uh, supper, normal supper with the fellas, you know, just hanging. Just supper. That, that one gets me too. I like hanging with that one's good. The classic, yeah. Uh,
0: are there, are there any, um, Viners, I know you ran with a lot of like, you know, sort of Vine, uh, Vine legends and you even did like Camp Unplug, which was very cool that you directed, which was sort of, I consider it like the swan song of Vine. It was like, you know, they made this last big push before, you know, things kind of yeah. went That's away. That's what it
4: was. Um, yeah.
0: And, um, and so I know you ran with a lot of those guys. Who's, who's a Viner who comes off really weird on Vine TikTok now, uh, who is like totally normal sauce in real life. If you say Cole Hirsch, I will not believe you.
4: I swear my brain went to Cole. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He, that is really, he seems so weird.
3: What's the news? What? (sighs) Tell me. Oh, I just stubbed my toe. (sighs) I'm your dead wife. Hello. This is you from the future. I don't have any time to explain. You don't? No.
4: He is. I mean, he's a sweetie pie, (laughs) and he's uh, just kind of. I mean, he's so witty and funny, but just kind of, you know, reserved and great. Man. Uh, Yeah, that is that is who I I thought of because I mean, I think most people are. Yeah, I think I'm fairly consistent to a degree. Obviously, like if I'm doing a character or something, it's it's kind of me with an emotion. Like I'm not. I can't do a lot. I don't have a range. <laughs> um, and most people are kind of like that because they're just kind of funny people that had this new medium um, that just kind of started recording themselves, telling some jokes, but it's kind of just them. I mean, there's definitely been people that have gotten weird or like, you know, a few that have been canceled for being balls. but sure. for the most part, there's a community of fairly normal, cool people.
0: What's the coolest or weirdest recognition that you've got? either because of Vine or because of your Braves' uh, music?
4: As far as, like, meeting someone? As far as meeting someone or just, like,
0: somebody on the street being like, oh, you're the guy from The Thing or, you know, whatever, yeah.
4: One time at a Braves game, a guy, I was at a urinal, and he's like, you're the you're, you're videos. I was like, yes. You know, like, trying to, like, could you not? And he tried to shake my hand
0: right <laughs> there. At the urinal?
4: Yeah, and I was like, I just give me a second (laughs) and he's like he's like oh he got it then he's like, oh it's so weird i'm sorry
1: that's a really nice watch it's like
4: wait a minute wait a minute here let's up here yeah i was (laughs) like my hand is full like half you know but still
3: that's good uh, yeah,
4: that's 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 probably the one that I've kind of always pops out of my head. Is like, what a weird thing to do.
1: I, I, ran, I ran into Nelly coming out of a bathroom at a at a baseball game, and uh, I was like, do I go back into the bathroom to start up a conversation with him? So right. Yeah. Like I, turn around. I and was coming on. out, and he was coming in. I was like, I like, I was like, hey, you're Nelly, and he's like, yeah. And he kept on going. I'm like can't really just go back in and keep the conversation That's going. That's like the
0: weakest thing to say to somebody. Hey you're-,
1: hey, you're so-and-so. I know. I like choked. It was like all I had. What if
4: he quoted country grammar and he was like, hot? <laughs> <laughs> and winning. Airplanes- I don't know. I don't know if it's a I clean can- show. You can beep it if you're, you want. You're right?
1: We'll We're, You're good. We're, fine. <laughs> We're family <laughs> friendly, <laughs> but
4: we'll, we'll make it make it work. But you know, it's from country grammar, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all
0: <right. laughs> that's all right we've uh we've had some people on here we like half the interview we just oh, to- some of them have been
4: amazing it's just yeah we do that on on my podcast i do it with andrew stanley who's a clean comedian yeah. um works in the church a lot so i'm kind of down for whatever because I, I don't yeah i used to do a lot of ministry work now i don't i'm just kind of loosened up as far as what i can put online so it's funny that there's been a few guests that just kind of go hard. And then I'll send it to Andrew and he'll send me a cheat sheet where it's like S word, 348, you know, a word. And it's just, it's so funny to me. Let's talk yeah.
0: about no worries. If not, no worries. If not is, is your, your current, uh, podcast project. You also did deep fried kale a few years ago, which will which mm-hmm. I want to talk to you about as well. But, um, let's, let's talk about, uh, no worries. If not, like you said, you hosted with Andrew Stanley, um, and then you have kind of a rotating, um, guest list of you've you've had Colin McHugh on um and you've had but you bring in you know just experts in various fields to like learn things talk about things um who you got a, a favorite you want to uh, you want to tell us about so far
4: I mean as a as a Braves fan we had Mike Soroka on That's right. which was super fun um his dad drove him over because uh, <laughs> he can't drive because all he could not then because of his Achilles injury yep. so we just had Mike and his dad I think Gary <laughs> <laughs> just so canadian and nice right uh so that that was that was cool did you ask the dad questions was dad able to come on yeah every once in a while we chime in like when uh apparently mike was good at a lot of sports including hockey um and he's very good at hockey i think on like a impressive trajectory too and then he decided to go baseball full-time so i remember asking gary i was like is that a canadian betrayal did you feel oh, yeah. awful about that?" um that's a great question yeah, that was cool. And it, we've had a bunch of comics on, but I think, which is great, but it just kind of usually turns into stand up stories and whatnot. We're not really an inside comedy type podcast. So I think we've enjoyed having on experts in fields we know nothing about. We had our friend Rebecca on, who is a former Disney princess at Disney World. That was fascinating. Yeah. Um, Andy Mino rapper, yeah. super fun because that was, again, we're not rappers. I guess I am 10% of one. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is just, I think when we're actually incredibly interested in the subject matter and it's not just kind of random stories, we really enjoy it. So yeah. we got a few more fun ones lined up. Um, but yeah, we're having a lot of fun with it.
0: I got to tell you the well, one that just kind of blew my mind was when you had the, um, the like, uh Neural uh, doctor on who was talking about enneagram stuff and he and that was fascinating. uh I was like, what yeah,
4: what? Doctor Jerome. Dr. He's Jerome, a a, yes. func- a functional neurologist and a lot of other things. Yeah, um that was <laughs> that, that was funny to me because that was our first episode and we're like, this is, we're gonna kick it off and people are gonna like get to know it's like an intro to our personalities, kinda. That's what we thought. We also didn't know what we were doing because we didn't, you know. Now we're twenty something episodes in. Right. We have structure and bits we bring back and we'd had no idea then so it was it's just intense where like he, he would talk for 10 to 15 minutes straight and Andrew and i were just listening and forgot what we were doing <laughs> we were so so entranced so we we dropped two episodes just so it was like this is fascinating but also not a representation of what the show is gonna be yeah uh yeah it was, it was very cool we're gonna have him back on soon i think Where. uh we just know what we're doing, and it's going to be more funny, hopefully.
0: I do want to mention deep fried kale because, you know, the, the great thing about podcasts is they live forever, uh, unless you just go and take them down. But, like, I still go back and listen occasionally to deep fried kale because it was just so funny, and UNTR. Um, I'd want to know what was – so for, for those of you who are unfamiliar, part of the premise of deep fried kale was that you guys would try some new, f- like, health food uh, on every episode, and um, and then you would rank it you know, um, one to 10 or whatever. Uh, so I just want to know what was the, if you can recall, what was the one that you were like, this is the most disgusting. What was your worst food experience on deep fried kale?
4: Oh yeah. oof. um, we, tr- I remember we tried breast milk, human breast milk, Yes. <laughs> Ashley McHugh, yes. Colin's yeah. wife. Um, uh, it was great. It was so good. <laughs> we did- it wasn't, it wasn't from the source. Okay. Right. It was in a little cup just to make that clear. <laughs> That one sticks out. That one wasn't gross, though. it was delightful. Um, <laughs> there was something to do with pickled beets, but they were just soaking in juice. I don't know. I just remember that was the one that was tough, very tough. I can't remember who the guest was, or you know, it was as you know, that was the last three minutes of the show. right. It was just kind of like the gimmick just to have something. um so yeah, I don't know. that's the one that scars me still, I think.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Before the Braves won the world series in 2021, um, Mm -hmm. what was your favorite Braves memory? I figured you were pretty young in 95. So I don't know like what your memory of 95 would have been, but
4: I don't remember much of anything. I was six. Yeah. Um,
0: I was, uh, yeah. Oh gosh. I was in eighth grade, I guess by then. So, you know, we were 14.
1: We were were 14. Yeah. So So we were pretty important to us by then. We were high five.
0: pre this world series what was your what's your favorite braves memory or
1: a that's
4: that's i know that's a hard question that's a great question i mean there there's the braves memory and then my kind of personal memory with the braves and that was baselines um they they played that on the big screen as we took the field in the nlds so yeah just that was like a a bucket list kind of thing so that's kind of what i what sticks out to me immediately um and then again, this is super, obviously we had some dark times there for five or six years, right. <laughs> so not a ton of great memories from then, uh, but diehard. So I still watched so much baseball in those years, but I think again, we, we lost the series, but Ronnie hitting that grand slam in the NLDS versus the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. That was, uh, I was at a. Uh, I wasn't there. I was at a, some sports bar with 15 friends and we were just losing our minds. Um uh, and that, I mean, that's kind of when it took that turn of like, oh, I think we're good again.
0: Right. Like, you know? Good
4: Maybe guys. not that year, but like we got something we're going. So that, that was super fun. Yeah. That feels like a kind of that moment. Yeah. I don't know. Just kind of tipped the scales and now we're back, baby. That's right.
0: <laughs> okay. So let me bring it down. Flip the script on that. What's a Braves moment that absolutely devastated you? I know what mine is. Top of the. Uh, top, I, I, mine is Cardinals wildcard game. Okay. Oh, yeah. The, 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 First the fly infield fly. Yeah, yeah, infield one, fly. That one. Like, come on.
4: Yeah, there was the Brooks-Conrad error. Mm, oh,
0: that just broke my heart again. Yep.
4: Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, I mean, it doesn't get worse than the infield fly. <laughs> it, it really doesn't. Uh, and I think, I mean, Ronald tearing his ACL this year made me so sad. Like, his face, and you could see the devastation, yeah. like that, it was just very, very sad to me. Yeah, that's yeah. Rough, man.
1: Mine's a, I remember the Lonnie Smith base running error in 91. In 90, mm. And I was, cause I'm older than you, well, I'm Rob's age, but I remember yeah. being like, what
0: an idiot. We should have scored that run. That's true. This, and one that wasn't like devastating, but I've always remembered because I, I got to go. So I was 10 in 91 and I got to go to the NLCS and world series games. My dad got some tickets from somebody who got them and couldn't go. And so I got to go to a few of those games, which was mind blowing. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, The Kent Herbeck pulling Ron Ron Gantt off first first, base. I was always like, "Mm," to this day, whenever people talk about the Twins, I'm just like, oh, that Herbeck. Kirby Puckett, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, I
4: get that. And there's still the, uh, what's his name? Old dude is in the Dodgers, second baseman. He played Chase Utley. Uh, I'm sure. The the Dirty Slide, Yeah, Yeah. second. Mm -hmm. That that one stands out to me, too.
0: Yep, for sure. So after they won the World Series this year, you actually got to go be part of the Braves World Series parade, kind of a, actually hopefully not a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I hope you get to do it 10 more times. Um, But what was that like? You get the phone call, right, and sort of the day before, right? they just like, you want to roll with us in the parade. Tell us about that.
4: That was wild. Uh, Greg Mize, who is the head of marketing and innovation at the Braves, he's wonderful. We've kind of kept up with each other over the years. Um, Message me. Thursday. I like, hey, I got an idea. Can you chat? Yeah, of course. Like Whatever. Let's we never, chat. Whenever you um, get
0: a like, at Braves.com email, the answer is the yes. Answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> like they like, Can you chat? Absolutely.
4: For sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the, the social team is kind of bare bones right now with the Braves just because of COVID. They had to kind of downsize a little bit and, you know, they weren't expecting to go on this magical run. So they were kind of all hands on deck and said, Hey, do you want to get on the bus and kind of, make content, tag us if you want, but just have a good time. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> of course. So then I called uh, Trip, who I work with, and I was like, so I'm either taking tomorrow off or I quit. You tell me. Like, <laughs> like, I am doing this. Uh, he actually came with me, which was great. Um, and yeah, I just had the wildest, most fun day ever. I, as a Braves fan, so cool, but also I love Atlanta with my whole heart. So just seeing the city that fired up and happy you know i mean and last time i was downtown with groups of people was some protests last year and it was a very different emotion sure um so i just, I just kind of sat in that for a little bit too just seeing everyone kind of together and it, it just it felt great and everyone was so happy it was the best
0: that's good i've not thought about it in that context but i bet yeah. that was a very different you know what i mean the wow yeah that's yeah Kind of a powerful thought, honestly. Yeah,
4: everything's fixed now. Right. Everything's fixed. <laughs> we did it, guys. There's no issues. We fixed everything. Yeah, the Braves solved racism. It's yeah. the, it's huge. Yeah. Just kidding.
0: Who knew? <laughs> Uh, we got one question we ask everybody, yeah. every single guest.
1: Uh, Aaron's been a lot of fun, man. Uh, first of all, I, I didn't need to say my favorite line. Uh, Jackson dropping hooks like he's Rufio from *Wrecking Balls* is my favorite line. That's my favorite one. Oh,
4: that's, that's number one. I appreciate that. Anytime I can reference old like pop culture stuff, it's my
2: favorite thing good. in the world.
1: That was good stuff. Um, okay, so you're on tour, um, and you go. It. I guess right. you're on. You're somewhere whatever. You're on tour. We ask mainly musicians, so this is a normally a tour musician thing. But you're on tour doing yeah. anything thing. Go into a gas station what's your gas station snack food of choice and while you're thinking of it i'll tell you mine Uh, i get a three musketeers bar when i was growing up my mom would say you could have any candy bar you want and it's the most ounces they're all the same price so i get a three musketeers bar what's your gas station snack food of choice
4: solid ritz bits cheese okay sandwiches that's huge for me Uh, and then i get a chocolate milk sometimes yeah Love it. Kind of
1: weird. Do you like YooHoo or like just chocolate milk?
4: No, just like the real chocolate milk. Okay. Right. Even though it's probably fake chocolate milk, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. the actual. Right. I uh went to a <laughs> went on a cruise five or six years ago and got a half gallon. Whoa! And and drank it
2: just yeah.
4: on the way down to the cruise, and I was sick for two, my two and a half day cruise. Milk All was of-
1: a bad choice, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
4: it ruined it, and everyone's like, "What an idiot!" And um, yeah. <laughs> I just, if I'm on a road trip, I need chocolate milk. It's weird. <laughs> Pavlov situation. A half gallon That's of chocolate awesome. milk. It's I
1: know.
4: Wow. But we'll yeah. send
1: you some uh some milk and Ritz, and we'll we'll yeah. hang out soon. If you're ever around this yeah. part of Tennessee, look us up. We'll yeah. we'll catch
3: up. We'll
4: Yeah, would love to hang. And also please do not send me chocolate milk through the mill. That sounds bad. <laughs> <laughs> we'll
0: try and link up at Truist Park one of these days. Yeah, one, be great. one of these days when we yeah. catch a catch a game that you'll be at. We'll we'll try and link up. But uh yeah, man, thanks so much for joining us today. Appreciate your
4: time. Absolutely, had a blast. Thanks a ton, boys.
0: This is The Great Song Podcast. And that was the one and only Aaron Tuning making his first ever appearance here on The Great Song Podcast. Uh, the man of many great baseball songs, <laughs> many great great vines. Just go on YouTube and search Aaron Tuning vines, and there'll be like a thirty minute collection of his like seven minute seven second clips. That's awesome! And you'll just sit there and spend a whole hour just dying laughing. <laughs> Find one that has the captions because the captions make them better. They add another you know another layer to it. But um, anyway, follow Aaron on all the things. Use him when you need. If you're a if you're a brand manager out there and you're listening. And by the way, we we keep getting shocked by the number of like important people who listen to this show. <laughs> people who send in messages and who are like, yeah, like I'm I'm at, I'm a person who like has people under my authority. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. I'm I manage a lot of people, so I, I know that people are out there listening who are like brand managers and stuff like that. So if you need a digital campaign, go see Aaron. That's some free advertising um, for that. Check out his website and and get some work done. Okay, part one, game one of the opening day doubleheader. Officially coming to a close.
1: Okay, and in the middle, we'll do the stuff that we do with each episode. There you go. So let's play Stump the Genius. Okay. Play the jingle. We'll play Stump the Genius, and then we'll we'll jump in and keep going. All right.
2: Stump the Genius. Stump the Genius.
1: Stump the Genius. It's time to Stump the Genius. Jump up and take your part. I take, take your part. part. All right, so we're going to play Stump the Genius, Braves Stump the Genius. Okay, all right. So here we go, in keeping with all the Braves tie-in. Okay. Got six questions. Um, I I'm hope gonna... there's
0: not a lot of questions about Braves first baseman, Freddie Freeman. <laughs> I know.
1: Okay, number one, what city were the Braves
0: founded in? Boston. Boston. The Boston, Boston Bean Eaters was the original Braves Gotta find my now. bell. Hang on. While J.P.'s trying to find his bell, I will note that the Atlanta Braves are the longest continuously operating franchise in definitely in baseball history, maybe in sports history. I can't remember that for sure. They also have the largest radio network in all of sports. Uh, Braves country is nationwide and even bigger than the Yankees, which is funny to me. But the the South doesn't have a lot of baseball teams. So you've pretty much got the Braves and the Marlins, and that's really it in the South, right? There's not – because St. Louis would be the next closest, but that's not the South. And it's South. not Southern. That's that's Midwest. So it's really in the South we have the Braves, we have the Marlins, and do we have uh, – who else do we have? Is there another Florida team? Uh, Marlins. There's another Florida team. Tampa right? Bay. Tampa Bay, yeah, there we go. And that's it. So if you're a Southern baseball fan from, from – Coastal Carolina. Cincinnati is not they, southern. No, they're no, north of us. Midwest. Yeah, that's Midwest. That's like, you know what I mean? So it's in the south. That's oh, it. Yeah, that's And so team. the And then the history of Braves winning. You know, Braves won, what was it, 17 straight division titles, something crazy. like that. And now they've won six, five, five more in a row. It's We're back
1: good. Crazy. It's so, wonderful. Anyway. Couldn't find the bell. Found a kazoo, but can't really get it to do anything. So
2: <laughs> We'll <laughs> find a duck
1: call. <laughs> we'll insert wins later. Okay, one yeah. for one. Number two. Okay. Which Braves manager holds the record for most ejections <laughs> in Major League Baseball history? That would be Bobby Cox. Bobby Cox. all ding, number ding, ding, six. Ding, ding, ding. There we go. What position did Dale Murphy make his Major League debut in? I believe it was a catcher. It was catcher. Boom. Rob was three for three. Favorite quote. I had this magazine. Uh, it was a fan magazine. I don't know if you remember those that they would give. there, like the program. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was an article on Dale Murphy as a catcher. And it was the year after when he went, moved to first base. Uh-huh. But they're like, nobody ever stole center field on him i love that line <laughs> that's one of my favorites ever all right number four who is the youngest player to ever hit a home run in the world series it's a brave it's a brave that would be andrew jones andrew jones rob yeah.
3: killing it
0: for he was for like for. 19 right he was,
1: so, he was I mean, super young he was crazy young, super young
0: and his first at bat in the world series was that, was that the 99 run. series against the yankees i can't remember it might have been because i think that was well, the yeah, last... rob
1: just dropping knowledge yeah. after knowledge loving it number five what is chipper jones first name
0: Larry. Larry! Yeah. yeah.
1: Rob, five for five. Number six, can he run this? Amazing. This would be a toughie. Maybe. I don't know. The most career wins by a left-handed pitcher is a Brave. Okay. Do you know who it
0: is? Uh, the most career wins ever by a left-handed pitcher. I mean, the the obvious choice is Tom Glavin, but I'm going to say there's something deeper there. Um, but I don't honestly... The older guys, I have a hard time knowing who. I'm going to say Warren Spawn. Warren
2: Spawn! <laughs> let's go. Six
0: for six. I wish I could have found the bell, because there would have been
1: Gajingles Galore. Rob.
0: Gajingles, gajingles, galore. gajingles galore. That's gonna be the name of my next solo album. Gajingles, gajingles galore. galore. So
1: that was a great stuff to genius. Good job, Rob. Man. I forgot my question, so that was fun. Okay, <laughs> I want to play another jingle and I want to do something silly with Meet the Band. Okay. So let's let's meet the band.
3: All right. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet.
2: Band.
1: Hey. Now, how going to meet the band you ask because we have take me out to the ball game come on and you have Aaron's song so what I did was the band part of my prep every day before we do this is I I go to breakfast and I just look through my notes and I try to look through obviously I didn't look through that stuff the genius section (laughs) but I was like I don't have a meet the band for this so I thought of this is the dumbest meet the band I've ever done so (laughs) disclosure this is ridiculous all right I was like if I was going to make a band Of baseball players that look like a band okay or like in my mind this makes sense as this person plays this instrument okay none of these people probably play any instruments at all but i could see so-and-so playing the drums okay i could see so-and-so as the you know whatever yeah so here's my meet the band section Baseball edition, okay. I guess, All on right. drums. Um, you got to get somebody that's dirty. So I'm thinking catcher. Yeah, At my drummer of choice. Oh, one other disclosure: it can't be anybody on my favorite baseball.
0: Players list. Okay. Like my okay. it's gotta be deep. Like by I gotta, the way, you're totally right. When you said drums, I thought catcher. Catcher. Everybody. You're right.
1: So I, yeah. I went Gary Carter, okay. R I P. But what a wonderful looking drummer. Yeah. He looks dirty and he's gonna give you all he's got okay. every day. Yeah. So that's my drummer. Hard worker, tough. Gary Carter. Yeah. Met slash expo. perm <laughs> lead singer. So I want somebody with some swag yeah. that's a little bit. Uh, this will make sense when I say his name, but Mitch Williams. Oh, okay. so that's your sure. front man, just okay. owns the stage. So
0: you've got it. This is a southern rock band. The,
1: we're rock. Right? We're a rock band. Okay, yeah. yeah. So oh, I, I disclose that. Okay. Yeah, rock band. There's okay. absolutely no logic behind it other than this. So We right. got Mitch Williams front in the band. Okay. Gary Carter, former
0: reliever for the Philadelphia for the, Phillies. Exactly. Uh, his nickname was Wild. Wild thing, thing number yeah. ninety nine
1: gave up the home run to Joe Carter. Yeah. Sad. Sad times. Look like that guy. <laughs> okay. Piano. So I want somebody with some touch, and I hate to go back to back pitchers, so I, if I was brave, I should probably, I wanted to do a knuckleball pitcher. Oh, okay. Because, so I should have done Necro, but I'm Necro. going Tim Wakefield okay. as my piano player. Okay. I can see him with some touch on the ivories. Okay. Pirate pitcher looking like a piano player. Yeah, Tim Wakefield Pirates, on, p- on piano. Red Sox kind of there, legend. There you go. Knuckleballer extraordinaire. On yeah. bass. Okay, I want somebody big that like looks like a big bass player, but has the look for the ladies. Like somebody okay. that's good Looking for the ladies okay. that can eyeball the bass player. Okay, so I'm going Aaron Judge oh, on base. Wow. I can see him with like a Warwick <laughs> or something, just up there bringing it on. Just home. being smooth. Just being smooth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Up there, up there doing his thing. So okay. on bass, Aaron Judge. He's uh, what right field? For right the, field for, uh, the for, the for the Yankees. Yankees. There okay. we go. Um, and then finally, electric guitar. This is I didn't it's even tough. write one down. I couldn't come up with one. Okay. So on the way driving here, I was like, I need somebody that comes out and owns the stage. Uh-huh. Um. And I want somebody that doesn't look like the rest of this rock band. Okay. I wanted it to look a little different because I want to appeal to all genres okay. in this eclectic rock band. Yeah. And I'm going Ozzy Smith oh. because he's going to come out and do the backflip okay. on the stage <laughs> with the guitar, <laughs> land it, and do the solo. Like His, his solo section involves a backflip into a guitar
0: solo. That's great. It's uh, Ozzy Smith of the Cardinals. That's so that's
1: great. my non-logic meet the band okay. uh,
0: section. All right, I'm gonna submit. I'm gonna submit one more on Please. acoustic guitar. There we go. Okay, or I... or a second like rhythm guitar. Yes, um, uh, because he w- literally is the frontman of a band. Okay, I'm gonna go with former Brave Chase Darnot Okay, brother of current Braves catcher Travis. Darnot. Travis. Okay, uh, but Chase Darno has his own band. Played at uh, played at Truist Park. Yeah, um, or maybe played at Turner Field. I guess I can't remember what his what his era was exactly. Um, but yeah, so there he played guitar and uh and and sang and whatever and it was not bad he was pretty come was
1: check pretty out good. our band we will have to get obviously we can't have gary carter but uh we'll get uh you know come come listen to the
0: band you yeah. gotta come up with a name that's right yes all right that was a lot of fun that's good I. that's got that's some food for thought too if you if you put if you put a baseball band together let us know who you would include um and why that's great all right now We're coming into the first inning of the second game of our doubleheader. Let's play two, as Ernie Banks would say. This is, y'all, this is... We make such bad decisions sometimes as a, as a music podcast. We're like, let's do a whole episode about baseball. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Or
1: So we realize some of y'all haven't made it this far. Thank yeah, y'all for hanging out with us. Right,
0: that's right. Like, This is not the most wise musical decision but uh, because nobody's out there like— We're coming out of movie month. Everybody's loving pop culture, yeah. and we're like, let's just throw them a straight let's, sports episode. That's right. Let's do a sports episode episode about a song written in 1908 all the girls that we gained by having dave barnes on last week are like what the
1: crap is this
0: who's gary carter but you know what on it this is our show and that's we're gonna right. run it how we want we are free agents and we'll that's do right. whatever we like we have no corporate ownership that tells us what to do and it shows by golly so all right we have no
1: counsel that's right
0: so let's talk about take me out to the ball game and I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. Um, and then we're going to, then I'm going to play it for you. Okay. So take me out to the ball game was written in 1908 by Albert von Tilzer and Jack Norworth. It was the number one pop song of all of 1908, according to playback.fm. I mean, shoot, not just like kitschy sports song it was a pop song this was you this is we're about to talk about a different era of music okay we're talking the first decade of the 20th century um and pop music this is, also-
1: is easy on me by Adele in 1908
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly dude this is like I don't even know who's on top in hip hop <laughs> right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's whoever that is. Was this? It would take me out to the ball game in 1908. It was like this is the music that like your your youth pastor warned you about in uh. 1908. Right? <laughs> take me out to the ball game. That's right. um, so, but but th- so even saying that it was the number one pop song of 1908, that doesn't quite capture the depth of its popularity. In fact, it was also the number three pop song of all of 1908. And it was also, also the number 31 pop song of all of 1908. Three separate recordings took over the charts. Number 31 was by co-writer Jack Norworth. Number three by the original uh, recording artist Edward Meeker. And number one, the most popular version by Billy Murray and the Hayden Quartet. Okay. So here is the immensely popular recording By Billy Murray and the Hayden Quartet.
1: How many of y'all know the verses to this, right?
2: Just to root for the hometown Through every two, two. On a Saturday early on four to see if she'd like to go To see a show but of mistakes and go. I'll tell you what you can do Take me out to the ball game Take me out with the crowd Oh, buy me some peanuts and crack and jack I don't care if I never get back Let me lose To go for the whole team If they don't win in the game for it wants to We try out at the old ballgame Take me out to the ballgame oh, oh, There's
0: that Hayden man. quartet coming in. coming in That smooth, close oh, harmony That's right oh, that's
2: a track, a
0: track. All right, so you know the deal you, you know take me out to the ballgame I feel confident There is a second verse
1: Double negative Negative there, the I don't care if I
0: never get back on the original. That's right. Uh, So that is the number one song of all of 1908, um, the version by Billy Murray and Hayden Quartet. So here's kind of the origin of the song. Co-writer Jack Norworth saw a sign in the subway that said, baseball today, polo grounds. Okay, the Polo Grounds, being one of the famous old ballparks, um, at one point it was home to the New York baseball Giants, Yankees, and Mets. There were four parks called the Polo Grounds, but the most famous is the fourth, which has a very weird shape for baseball. And if you've ever seen the Polo Grounds, if you're listening, or if you've ever played like MLB The Show, the, the yep. game that has the old stadiums that you can play in. Um, it's got a really weird shape for baseball it has an extremely deep center field wall and extremely short right and left field walls okay we put some perspective on it so you can picture the polo grounds here do you have the feet i do okay so left field at truest park where the braves play mm-hmm. okay this is it's just sort of an average normal mm-hmm. dimensions park okay it's one of the more modern parks yeah left field at truest park is 335 feet Okay, left field at the Polo Grounds was two seventy nine. Holy cow! I'm going yard yeah, at the Polo right. Grounds. If you can, if you can go extreme pull, uh-huh. like or or extreme opposite field, uh-huh. you're golden. Yeah. You're gonna hit sixty home runs a year, <laughs> easy. Okay, um, so left left center. Okay, not quite center field, not quite left field is three seventy five at Truist Park. It was 450. Holy cow! At the polo so you're grounds. going 200 feet almost. Yes. different to center to left center. From you're just not from even left center. To left center. That's not even center field. Okay, yeah. that, and to, to put it in to put it in perspective, center field at any average you know major league park is going to be like 400 to 405. Four, yeah, 410 to, 10 is deep. Yeah, 410 is a deep center field now. Okay, um, but left center was 450 at the Polo Grounds. <laughs> all right. Uh, you are not hitting a home run to center field. You could hit an inside the park home run to yeah. center field, but you're not going over the fence. Um, what is center? Yeah. Dead center at Truist Park is four o two. It is four eighty three at the <laughs> polo grounds. Okay. Almost five hundred feet to dead center. So like
1: there's maybe basically you're gonna have to if you want to hit one out at center, you're gonna have to hit from second base.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes essentially, right? I no, mean, no. you might get you might get balls in like the home run derby that would have gone over the center field yeah. wall, maybe. You know what I mean? Solaire
1: but, might get hit one that's out. That's right. <laughs>
0: the, yes, the ball that Jorge Solaire hit that pretty much demoralized the Astros <laughs> and guaranteed victory for the Braves in the World Series, that might have gone over center field. Um, okay, so right right center is 375 at Truist. It was 449 at um, at the Polo Grounds. And then right field, dead right, 325 at the foul pole, 258 at the Polo Grounds. That's like a... Uh, you know, I mean, that's like a, that's like a middle school fence. You know what I mean? I for mean, real? Like that's, yeah.
1: that's like the high school fence. That's, that's shorter, I mean, that's shorter, shorter than, than a high, high school. school fence. Yeah. yeah.
0: So that's like elementary, early middle school fence dimensions for right field and left field. That's so, crazy. Anyway, um, the, and uh, as the story goes, uh, the, the writers of the song had never been to a baseball game Oh wow. um, at the, at this point, they just wrote this song about a girl who wanted to go see baseball game so norworth and von tilzer with no prior personal baseball game experience um you know at least having never been to a game i'm sure they knew about the game but it was still a relatively new game it started in the late 1800s i think the the original leagues started in like the 1880s or something like that um and so they end up pinning this all-time classic what just takes over uh, can you imagine if somebody wrote what's a what's a relatively new sport if somebody wrote uh, a song about like curling and it just went bananas you know what i mean like you know what i'm saying like, let's, do <laughs> let's do it let's write the curling song <laughs> and and everybody's just loving it like bro brush that ice <laughs> <laughs> there it is That's it. the hot new single by Mosier and Allie, brush that ice <laughs> just takes over and becomes this back that ice up <laughs> <laughs> just becomes this all-time classic to the point where <laughs> this song take me out to the ball game is number 8 on a list called songs of the century okay uh this list was compiled by the uh National Endowment for the Arts and the Recording Industry Association of America. Rob loves lists. I do love this list, and so I'm going to give you the top ten songs of the century list. And I guess we'll go from ten to one. Yep. Number ten, and these are all just like I'm going to guess eight. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, number nine actually is 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 an interesting one to me. It's surprised to me. Okay. Number ten, and some of these are so all from the 1900s. Okay. okay but many of them from, from earlier in the. That when was century, Happy okay? Birthday? Happy birthday. Is that that on the list? Um, It's not. But Happy Birthday is big on one of these lists. It's like, I can't remember. It's like on that um, congressional list of like noteworthy songs or something like that. Um, And it's probably in this list somewhere. It's just not in the top top 10. 10. Number 10 is The Entertainer by Scott Joplin, okay, the piano it. rag. <laughs> Not <laughs> Billy Joel, right? Yes. Yeah. Not The Entertainer by Billy Joel. Um, number nine is You've Lost That Love and Feeling by the Righteous Brothers. From Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from Top Gun. Uh, 1964, written by Phil Spector, Barry Mann, and Cynthia Well. Can you ima- I mean, does that strike you as like, that's one of the songs of the century? Not particularly. I it's mean, g- it's a biggie. It's, it's good. Entre- exactly. That's exactly what. It's a big song. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Century's a long time. But it's it just barely got beat out by "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." Yeah. Okay. So number so number eight is "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." Number seven is "West Side Story" the album, the okay. full album "West Side Story" by Bernstein and Sondheim. I feel pretty. Um, number six is "Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy." Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy from Company, B wartime okay. song. Okay? okay. From 1941, a World War II, um, you know, anthem. Number five. Former guest of the Great Song Podcast, Don McLean. Oh, How about a little American, American Pie. Pie? There we go. Number five on the Songs of the Century list. Uh, number four. Uh, okay, number four. You might guess if you think about if you think about iconic American songs and iconic American artists, female.
1: Okay, I was I was gonna throw out White Christmas and see if it's on there because I know it's on okay. the top of top. White
0: White Christmas. White Christmas. Excuse me. White Christmas is number two. Number two. Okay. White Christmas is number All two. Right. By female, Bing I, uh somewhere oh, uh Judy Garland. Okay,
1: somewhere that is over, number one. Okay, Over, so, the, over Rainbow the Rainbow is by okay. Judy Garland. Is okay, i guessed one and two. That yeah, you did. You okay. did a great job. Another female. Yeah.
0: Um, Another American female. female. Think second half of the 20, of the twentieth century. Okay, but certainly not new. Respect, Aretha? Respect by My Aretha goodness. Franklin. Come on. This. Written by Otis Redding. Okay. Performed by Aretha Franklin, 1967. So the only one I'm, we're missing is number three. Is number three. And there's an, I don't think you okay, it. it. It's an American classic folk song you learned it in elementary school. Um, but it's just one of those songs that Yankee you don't Doodle. think about. You're not far off. It's This Land is Your yeah, Land. it's good. By Woody Guthrie. Yeah. Um, so that is the top 10 songs of the century list, according to the- That ADA. is an elementary school song for us. Yeah. That's, an eleme- that's your song yeah. in elementary school. Yeah, you, you, know, you learn all the patriotic songs. Yeah, you learn 50 Nifty United States and This Land is Your Land and uh, America, the, America beautiful, the Beautiful and mm-hmm. you know, all those. Um, it was also awarded the Towering Song Award by the Songwriters Hall of Fame in 2008, an award that began in 1995 that recognizes songs that have impacted culture in a major way. Other songs recognized over the years as towering songs. These, I mean, you think that that says it really well, right? This is a song that just stands above everything else in its achievement. Yeah. Um, other other towering songs include "Happy Birthday to You," the Christmas song uh, "Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire." What the world needs now is love, and a change is going to come by Sam Cooke. Sam Cooke, right? So, just songs that are transcendent mm-hmm. in their cultural good. acceptance. Let's see what we got here. Let me read you. I know those uh, lyrics were a little hard to understand, right? Can you imagine? But back in the day, that was like the—that's what records just sounded like. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I don't know. a <laughs> girl. Exactly. Yes. So let me read you some of these lyrics, and you can kind of get the story of "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." Okay. Now these these are the the lyrics vary from version to version a little bit. These are actually the versions from the Carly Simon version okay. of the song, which is included on the Ken Burns baseball documentary. Okay, which are if you're a baseball fan and you have never watched the Ken Burns baseball documentary, it's lengthy. It so is, yeah. I mean, it's it's intense, half a day long yeah. or more. If you think this episode's long, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, but it's like it's it's so good. But anyway, here are those lyrics. Katie Casey was baseball mad, had the fever, and had it bad. Just to root for the hometown crew, every Sue Katie Blue Sue was like a cent, every cent, every you know. Um, on a Saturday, her young beau called to see if she'd like to go to see a show, but Miss Kate said no. I'll tell you what you can do: take me out to the ball game, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Buy me some peanuts and cracker jack. By the way, not Jacks, cracker jack. That is the brand name, Cracker Jack. Um, And it rhymes with back. That's right. It's I don't care if I ever get back. That's right. I don't care. Yeah. Um, Okay. And then second verse. Katie Casey saw all the games, knew the players by their first names, told the umpire he was wrong all along, good and strong. When the score was just two to two, Katie Casey knew what to do. Just to cheer up the boys she knew, she made the gang sing this song. And then they sing, that right? And so it becomes this traditional thing. Um, There's a whole thing about peanuts and cracker jack um that we maybe won't get all the way into but let me see if I can there's a uh, I'm I'm pulling this from the a website called ferides.com um that's f e r i d i e s i believe they make peanuts and peanut candies okay so they have a great thing on how peanuts and baseball came to be inseparable it says in america the two have been paired together since the late 19th century during that time, baseball was the national pastime, so people were going to games all the time. People, uh, peanuts were also found at ballparks. It first began, however, when Harry Stevens decided to sell some advertising space on their scorecards to a peanut company. Instead of paying for the advertising with money, you know what they did? The company paid in peanuts. If you've ever heard that phrase, that right? Yeah. Like, oh, you know, he's paying him peanuts. This is where that came from. Um, and then these peanuts were sold in the ballpark. Okay, So... They turned around and made money off the peanuts that they got paid with and thus began the long awesome. national love affair with peanuts at a baseball game. And it's a kind of deal where baseball is a slower paced game, mm-hmm. right? And so you've got time to like fiddle around with peanuts. It's not constant action. You're not gonna you're not gonna do peanuts as much at like an NBA game. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah. you're having to watch over and over and over up, up and down the floor. Baseball moves at a slower pace, and so you've got time in between pitches to crack open a peanut and blah 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 blah. So it's that's outside, kind of a, you can have the crumbles on the ground, and it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. They'll sweep it up later. That's they fine. got people for that, you know. Um, and then regarding Cracker Jack, uh, there's an article from the New York Times called "The Seventh Inning Snack," um, and it, it it talks about the um, you know the the origins of Cracker Jack. We won't get into that, but. You know, Cracker Jack is so ingrained because of this song in baseball culture that it was – I believe it was the Yankees that tried to switch to fiddle-faddle, you know, fiddle-faddle, and people had a fit. (laughs) People were super mad. My dad loves Cracker Jack. But they they say the the vendors um, say that Cracker Jack, even after all this time, you know, it's not like – Cracker Jack was still pretty popular when we were kids. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember my grandparents would always have it and they would, you know, put like a little tattoo in there for a prize or whatever. Now the prizes are mostly like digital. You scan a a QR code or something and it gives you a game or something like that. But, um, but you know, it's not every, you don't see people walking around just eating Cracker Jack, you know, but still it's among the top sellers at baseball parks. It's just a thing that because of this song has become so intertwined with baseball that it, it can't be, um, sort of pulled away. It's good. Let's talk a little bit more, and then we're going to talk to Matthew Kaminsky, who don't sleep on this. You've heard us talk about him before. We've actually talked about him from kind of toward the very beginning of the show, really, as just a brilliant guy who makes brilliant use of his job as an organist in baseball um, to sort of – um, playfully poke at the other teams. You know what I mean? It's awesome. He won't use the word, um, you know, he won't use the word troll. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a good natured ribbing. Let's yeah. say, <laughs> um, he gives the other team with, with some of his playing, not to mention just being a fantastic player and a, uh, a truly, uh, great jazz, uh, you know, organist, um, and piano player great and all jobs. these other things. So, uh, we're going to talk to him and I'm going to play you a little bit of his version, of take me out to the ball game before we before we talk to Matthew Kaminsky, but before we do that, let's talk a little bit about the style of this song that we just listened to. This 1908 sound um, is called Ten Pan Alley sound. Okay, um, 10 Pan Alley. Uh, some of this is from Wikipedia. Um, was a collection of music publishers and songwriters in New York City that dominated the popular music of the U.S. in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. It originally referred to a specific place, West 28th Street, between 5th and 6th Avenues in the Flower District of Manhattan, uh, where a plaque can still be seen. Um, but essentially, they um, a, a group of music publishers set up shop in the same district of Manhattan, and it was like, you know, just pianos everywhere. It was like a... it was like just we're we're making this the songwriting district and you know all these popular songwriters would would be there and just pianos all over the place and people you know um just making up making up tunes varied origins of the name tin pan alley um The most popular account says that it was originally a derogatory reference by uh, someone in the New York Herald to the collective sound made by by many cheap upright pianos all playing different tunes, uh, being reminiscent of the banging of tin pans in an alleyway. There's also an origin of the name published in a 1930 book about the music business. Uh, In this version, popular songwriter Harry Von Tilzer, who co-wrote Take Me Out to the Ball Game," was being interviewed about the area. And um, he had modified his expensive Kendler and Collins piano by placing strips of paper down the strings to give the instrument a more percussive sound. The journalist told Von Tilzer, your Kendler and Collins sounds exactly like a tin pan. I'll call the article Tin Pan Alley. In any case, the name was firmly attached by the fall of 1908 when uh, the Tin Pan Alley article came out. Later, that era of music, once that era sort of passed on and gave way to other things, that style became known as, as Tin Pan Alley. Uh, okay. Popular songs from the Tin Pan Alley era. To give you some more context, uh, include Give My Regards to Broadway, The Grand Old Rag, Meet Me in St. Louis, over the rainbow, um, it had to be you. Like bye bye, blackbird. You know, it's that sort of. <laughs> you want you you see an, you see a guy like w- waving his straw hat. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah, that kind of like yeah, yeah, Bugs Bunny. Uh-huh. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> that sort of style, right? Um, I just see like almost like what you would hear barbershop quartets do, but with instrumentation. You know what I mean? A lot of that yeah. sort of sort of stuff. Uh, just a little bit about the seventh inning stretch, which is when you traditionally hear "Take me out to the ball." Harry Carey, Harry, Harry Carey. Uh, 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 I don't think uh, I. I feel like okay. I used to be better. I don't know. Well, sh- I can't do it. Either. It's been a very long time, and you uh, almost at this point you almost have to do Will Ferrell. Yeah, do doing it. Harry Carey. If you're a hot dog. You, you get eat the, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you get if you're the, a hot
2: dog. Would you eat yourself?
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> what is it? He says. He said. If I would if you had said something, I would have bitten your ear off. I would have come at you like a hurricane of hair and teeth and fingernails. Oh man! Yeah, it's man. Been, Harry Carey with Steve Stone and Tom Brenneman. Yeah,
1: as we go to the bottom of the seventh.
0: That's right. You know, growing up. So growing up, we had basically two options for watching baseball on the regular. If you had cable, anyway, you could watch TBS, the super station. In which you saw America's team, the Atlanta Braves, right at six oh five or whatever, um, and then you had WGN out of Chicago, in which you could watch Bozo the Clown in the mornings, yep. and Cubs baseball, you know, afternoon. at night with Harry Carey and Steve Stone afternoon before. Yeah, that's even, right because it wouldn't have night. They didn't have that's right. Yet. The Cubs didn't have night games for the longest, so it would be right after school. You could turn yep. on the Cubs game and then catch the Braves game that night. Yeah. Um, and so you could, it was kind of pick or choose, or for a lot of us, it was Braves first, Cubs second, mm-hmm. right? We were secondarily Cubs fans yes. because we had access to these so many games. Um, and so we all loved Ryan Sandberg and Andre Dawson. Sean Dunstan. Sha- Mark, yeah, Sean right? Dunstan. So it was It was kind of like that. Um, there are A lot th- of Budweiser. A-
2: <laughs> that's right. Harry- yeah,
0: Carey. And so the the origin of the seventh-inning stretch uh, tradition is actually not as clear as you might think. It seems like it would be pretty easy to pinpoint. Um, but uh, there are several sort of claimants to the origin of, you know, how it got started. Um, the man credited with bringing baseball to Manhattan College in New York City, his name is Brother Jasper, um, he said uh, – it it, it was his job to sort of supervise the student fans at every home game. And on one particularly hot and muggy day in June 18, uh, yeah, 1882 during the seventh inning against a semi-pro team called the Metropolitans, New York Mets, anybody, um, the, he noticed that his, his students were becoming restless, and so to break the tension, he called a timeout in the game and instructed everyone in the bleachers to stand up and unwind. It worked so well, he began calling for a seventh-inning rest period at every game. The Manhattan College custom spread to the major leagues after the New York Giants were uh, charmed by it at an exhibition game. That's one story. In June 1869, the New York Herald published a report on a game between the Cincinnati Red stockings, that would be the Cincinnati Reds to me and you, and the Brooklyn Eagles, the home team, at the close of the long second inning, the laughable stand-up and stretch uh, was indulged in all around the field. Whether a stretch was observed nationwide is not known, but later in 1869, the Cincinnati commercial reported on a game that was played in the West Coast between the Red Stockings and the Eagle Club of San Francisco. One thing noticeable in this game was a 10 minutes intermission at the end of the sixth inning, a dodge to advertise and have the crowd patronize the bar. So that's a big thing because usually alcohol sales stop at the end of the seventh inning, right? Mm-hmm. So they go, all right, it's your last, last chance. Call. <laughs> Everybody up. Mm-hmm. And then once you get people up, they're more likely to go grab a you know yeah. grab that last beer before you know before last call. There's also a popular story about President Taft doing a seventh inning stretch that you know he was a he was a big man. He was my kind of dude, and <laughs> uh, he stood up to stretch in the seventh inning. And people just sort of stood up because the president stood up. You know what I mean? Like it just seemed like the thing to do. Um, and so who, who knows? But anyway, it's. It's done in every major league baseball game. They play "Take Me Out to the Ball Game," and Harry Carey, you know, made it a very adorable. Let's get some runs. <laughs> let's get some runs. And to this day, the Cubs now have a um, a celebrity singing. You know, every lots of like Bill Murray, and you get Billy Corgan. Vince Vaughn. You know, yeah, you know, Chicago legends, and then just random celebrities coming in to sing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game." Um, I think that's all I have other than to introduce Matthew Kaminsky and then I'm going to play you his version and then we're going to talk to Matthew Kaminsky. Super great for us to get to talk to the Braves organist. I don't know all you baseball fans and especially all you Braves fans are going to enjoy um, his, his conversation. But let me play you a little bit of Matthew Kaminsky's Take Me Out to the Ball Game. This is the way we hear it every time we go to a Braves game.
3: Hello, baseball fans. Now introducing the Atlanta Braves organist, Matthew Kaminsky. Uh,
1: right. That
0: just feels so good.
1: Can you smell it? Can you smell it? <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, I feel the whole thing uh. when I hear this. So honestly, when I hear when I hear Matthew playing. What I feel is walking into the park during batting practice. Uh-huh. Right, I'm i I'm a I'm a get there early guy, and walk in and like usually the vid- visiting team is hitting by the time I get there. Yes, and there's just random balls flying everywhere. There's people doing long toss in the outfield. And he's just playing all this cool stuff. That's good. He plays a little bit of everything, you know what I mean? But Great. it's this like traditional thing that I hope they never get rid of. Yeah. Like some people are like, why on earth would you still have an organ at a Dude, baseball it's game? amazing. But it's such a part of it, yeah. you know? He goes live in innings, and you can get on Instagram and just watch him, and he's sitting there, okay, all right, and then depending on the game situation, he'll pop something in there. He'll play somebody's walk-up song, you know, for the the, the home team has, like, songs that they have played, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Um, And we've talked about that before. What would our walk-ups be, that kind of thing. But then for the visiting team, he'll play a song that is kind of a, a play on their name, a pun, or a little, you know, kind of a jokey thing, or some sort of tribute to their name, something that has something to do with them or some fact. Act about them, and it's always a little fun game within the game yeah. to go. Okay, what is Kaminsky playing? Uh, you should follow him, by the way, at Braves Organist on Twitter. Uh, you can also find him on Facebook um, and on Instagram as well. But he'll go live sometimes, and you can do that. And he'll he'll post ahead of time if you want to know. He'll post. Okay, here's what I'm playing for each player today. Mm-hmm. But it's more fun to me to just try and guess. Yeah, no, it out I don't. I want to hear it the uh, same way. And go. Okay, first of all, can I name that song? Uh-huh. Right? Do I know what that song is? And do I get the reference? And then the yes, do I? Yes, exactly. Do I fully, fully get the reference? So it's great. You guys, if you ever get a chance to go to a Braves game, if you live in the South or if you come down this way, find yourself in Atlanta, go to a Braves game and half the fun is all right. I'll say maybe 40% of the fun is, is, (laughs) is tracking with Matthew as he plays. Um, He has several um, albums of his own. His latest um, is called LA Connection it came out in late 2021 and he's going to talk a little bit about it but it's just straight up jazz let's listen to a little bit of it here's some of the first track this is Sir John uh, off of the album LA Connection this is with Jeff Hamilton and Bruce Foreman I mean come on that's just dope we've said it before like anybody who can hang in a jazz combo has forgotten more about music than we'll ever know you know what i mean like we're pretty knowledgeable about music and we know music theory and stuff like that but jazz cats they're another level are another level jazz cats and really good gospel cats are like just I can't, there's no way I could possibly hang with you in, you know what I mean? There's a certain point where you just leave like, me like, here's
1: behind. this major seven chord. What do you think of that? And
0: they're like, yeah, exactly. like, major seven, please. Is this third grade? You know what I mean? Like, no, get out. Come on, get out of here. Um. So yeah. So check out all his stuff. He's got great stuff. He actually has a, an album of just baseball stadium sounds, just the sound, the, 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 Things you expect to hear from an organ at any baseball game that you could use for your own like sound effects or whatever you know what I mean. Um, he's got that as well. So unless you have something else, now we're good. That's going to conclude our coverage of "Take Me Out to the Ball Game," and we are going to go to an interview right now with Braves organist Matthew Kaminsky. We'll see you at the end. Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are so excited to be here with the best organist in all of baseball. There we go, Matthew Kaminsky, organist for the Atlanta Braves and and many others. But our our uh, hearts belong to the Braves absolutely so forever. He is at Braves Organist on Twitter. Uh, you can find him there and and sing along as he plays. Uh, you can hear him pretty well, especially in the in some of the like radio broadcasts and all that stuff. You can hear him so. Best organist in baseball, Matt. Thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it.
5: Thank you. You know, it's it's a pleasure to be on your show. And I don't know if I'm the best, but maybe I'm, I had the most exposure this year. That's right. So, well, you're our favorite. Yeah, that's <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, is there a, is there a I imagine this is maybe so? Uh, is there sort of a fraternity among uh, like baseball and sports organists? That's you know, it's a it's a it's a club that has shrunk over the years. Is there among the you know the the um, various clubs that still have a live organist? Is there sort of a fraternity among you guys?
5: Yeah, I would say so. At least over social media. Okay, uh, I've actually only met one uh, current organist um, in baseball. His name is Dieter Wool. and he was, uh, or he is, the organist for the Lakers, and I also, no, I'm sorry. The Dodgers, but he also does the Kings. Okay. He used to do, do the Lakers, but I think doing three sports was a little bit much for him. <laughs> um, so he's in Los Angeles. But there is a uh, Facebook group where we all kind of, I guess, events to each other. And it's, it includes hot. yeah, it includes hockey organists and, and um, baseball, minor league and college baseball, as well as major league, as well as basketball, too. So there's, there's definitely a little bit of a fraternity online now. Unfortunately, you know, living in all parts of the country is a little bit hard to get together and sure. like have a convention or anything like that. Right.
0: Yes, a convention. <laughs> uh, so you are you are if if people know you for anything other than either your your you know music that you put out or being the Braves organist, they know you for being. Um, Troll is not the right word,
5: but they know you. <laughs> yeah, being, I don't like that word. <laughs> they know you for being a,
0: a playful um, sort of uh, poker, you know what I mean, of the other teams. Um, and that's one of the things that is always is always funny on, on Twitter. Like you get people who don't know kind of what your thing is, you know what I mean, that you're just like in in good fun, having some fun with player names and doing puns on their names and that kind of thing. Um, but seeing people from other teams, they'll get offended um, and not, you know, and they and so they'll come in hot, this organist for the Braves is a piece of trash. <laughs> what kind of, you know, whatever, um, is, is that something that you just revel in? Like, come on guys, bring it until, until you get the joke, go ahead and be mad.
5: Well, you know, it, it seems like every year people discover what I've been doing. Yeah. Even though I've been doing it, um, this was my 13th season. So since 2009, I've been doing the same thing, yeah. you know, I haven't really changed much of what I do. Um, so it's always surprising to me that every season there's, there's new people who discover, like, did you hear what that organist did? <laughs> well, I've been playing this same song for this certain player for 13 years, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's funny to me how, like, um, at any random moment, someone just finally gets it.
1: Well, well, I was me and Rob were talking about before. I was particularly fond of The Small World for Altuve and the Free Falling for Bregman. I thought those were wonderful. I'm sorry, it was hilarious, <laughs> by the yeah. way. Uh, do you have a zinger or one that you're super proud of that you're like, this is one that 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 is like will live in your Hall of Fame of of <laughs> great of great ones?
5: You know, what? you mentioned that. Um, so I played. Um, it's a Small World for Altuve, and then he hit a home run. Yeah,
1: yeah. I know. And then you did. I'm so sorry. I
5: think. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so by me saying I'm sorry on the next one, I think that's one of my favorite ones just because it was a direct connection to exactly what happened. That's, good.
0: that's true, yeah. Was-
5: so yeah. I'm apologizing, number one, to the Braves fans. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also apologizing to Altuve yeah. for making him mad enough to hit a home run. It's dual, <laughs> dual level. Yeah, as well. that's right. Yeah. I
0: think my favorite, well, I don't want to say my favorite, but one of my favorites was always – um camp town races for uh, for Lucas Duda. Uh, who was playing for Duda, the Mets for a long Duda, time. Duda, yeah. I thought that was
1: yeah.
5: cool. I always love that.
1: I liked the solar this year for uh, the Miles Davis tune for Solar. I thought yeah. that was pretty good. I Wonderful. thought that was well. Ah,
5: you went only about 5% of the the crowd got that one. The Miles Davis reference. <laughs> but I it's, thought it was good. It's
0: sort of like, you know, especially when you're when you're in the park and it's obviously you hear the you the organ very prominently. It's like a mini game within the yeah, game. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. You know, and it's right. fun and and you so for the people who want it spoiled you often you know tweet out or post on facebook that you know here's okay here's what i've got for this um lineup coming up today or or you'll even sometimes solicit help you know who's pitching today what anybody got any ideas for you know for this person is actually is there a person out there who's just sort of really stumped you that you were like i'm not sure i'm going to be able to pull anything out for this person
5: um i'm sure there were but you could often just do it based on their number Oh, so if they're number one, if they're their jersey number one, then one is the loneliest number. Yeah,
2: sure.
5: Or if I play number two, then "Deuce" by Kiss works. That's so, um, <laughs> so if I can't get their name, I could at least get a number or from where they're. I could find out where they're from. Yeah. So. Um, sometimes a name might stump me, but usually I could find something.
0: Enough clues. I know there was a, there was a short period in time and I don't even know if you're like, if you can talk about this or if you want to talk about this, but there was a, there was a brief period a few years ago where for a moment, I think you had to sort of back away from that sort of, that sort of, you know, playful, uh, I'll call it teasing. Um, Mm -hmm. is there, was there a reason for that that you can talk about?
5: You know, every, every year, um, you know, even though I've been doing basically the same thing all these 13 years, every year uh, my boss is kind of asked for different things. Okay. So sometimes they'll ask me, like, well, we're not going to do any walk ups today, and and that's fine. And sometimes they, and, and the fans notice right away. Actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't. Um, and then sometimes they'll say, you know, we'll just, let's just play just g- generic music. Okay. So um, uh, unfortunately, I'm not high enough in the food chain to, Kind of um, decide exactly what I'm doing on every game. Yeah. Well, but when I show up, you know, I'm kind of I'm an employee, just like anyone else, and I'm I'm taking direction from the director, and then. Well, you've done it for well
1: 13 years. I mean, you, if yeah. you'd have bothered somebody, it wouldn't have lasted 13 years. So, <laughs>
5: that's right, yeah. I down. haven't gotten fired yet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so,
1: so going back kind of in that time frame, I want to talk about your first project, Taking My Time from 2010. Um, I'll, it's just you on track two, that's track two for the title track, Taking My Time. It's just you on organ and the drum start. Sax player, I think that's E.J. Hughes, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I don't know which yeah. guitar player plays on that, whether it's Micah or Charlie Robinson or Charles, but I love it. And the walking bass line is so tight. Um, I know Hot Dog oh, the first track, but we're talking Kaminsky, so we can leave Lou Donaldson for another time. How, how have you developed as a studio musician or advanced since 2010? Do you think you're smarter, better, the same? How has your development gone from 2010 till now?
5: I think, you know, as— Especially, you know, I consider myself a jazz musician. Sure. So as a jazz musician, I'm constantly trying to get better. So I hope, and in my mind, I think that every album is better than the last. And I think my next album is going to be better than the current one. That's good. So, um, and as a musician, I hope that my best playing is not behind me. I hope it's in, ahead of me. Sure. Sure um so i i look at or i listened to that 2010 album and i think it was a very good start of my professional recording career that was on summit records which Mm -hmm. is a semi-major label in the jazz in the jazz world um so that was kind of my first initial step into just kind of the, the big leagues of jazz and then every you know every Album after that has been just kind of a stepping stone. Well, I so hopefully I get better.
1: I, there's one reason that I like the 2014 album, "Swinging on the New Hammond." Better, um, I love "Sail on Sailor," which we talked about. Brian Wilson, yeah. Rob loves that song. We love that song. Um, it's because I know who plays on what track because there's only three musicians on the on the album. It's <laughs> you and Dave and yeah. Justin, so the, I know who's mm-hmm. playing what. The other one, I'm like, I don't know. who's. There's so many different <laughs> people, so that's one thing that I, I did like. But that's a great project as well yeah
5: oh thank you yeah, yeah um dave striker the guitarist on that album actually is uh lives in new jersey okay and he was he was in town for a jazz convention i'm like hey uh we had a mutual friend i'm like these i asked my mutual friend you know do you think you know dave would want to play on the album and all i had to do was have him stay in town for one more day you know and get his plane ticket back home but um you know, I I try to take advantage of those opportunities. Like, yeah. If there's someone who I really want to work with, you know, if they're in town, I'm going to try to work with them.
1: That's great that y'all knocked that out in the one day. Yeah. I mean, that's that's moving.
5: Yeah. That's yeah. Know. It was. It was Jazz, World jazz I was
1: gonna say,
0: Jazz cats are on another they got, level. They got, like, that's right. You know, me and JP are rock guys. And whatever. It's like jazz guys. Uh, it's it's a, it's a whole other <laughs> thing.
5: It's I mean, really. The no, there's 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 no overdubbing. You know, we. Dude, that's awesome. We may have fixed a few things here and there, but really, it was just one all shot, kind of one mild. kill. Dude, I love that. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Where have you been? A a a lifelong baseball fan.
5: Um, I liked baseball growing up. But and I was a Cubs fan. I grew up in Chicago, okay. um, so don't hold that against me. <laughs> yeah.
0: We all got to start somewhere.
5: <laughs> so I um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed going to Wrigley Field, but I I wouldn't say that it was my favorite sport. You know, growing up in Chicago, number one, the Chicago Bears of '85 was in my kind of boys' fandom years. Like okay. I was yep. at, I was born in '77. They won in '85 mm-hmm. or '86. Was a Super Bowl, so I was like eight or nine years old. Yeah, so that's when like um, my love of football kind of came through, and I'm still a Bears fan and still curse at this the TV screen <laughs> if uh, <laughs> they're not doing well. And then, um, and then Michael Jordan came and happened for the Bulls. Sure. So the whole um, di- Bulls dynasty was throughout my high school years. So, you know, for me, basketball and football were, um a lot more watched than, than baseball in my family.
1: Well, you picked a good era, to, not that you would pick, but to live in Chicago, mm, I mean, kidding. that's a good, that's prime time to be mm. living there. That's awesome.
0: So how did you, how do you end up um, initially getting uh, the organist uh, position for the for the Braves? How did that come about? Was it like an audition thing or a, somebody you knew? How did that work?
5: Yeah, it was really just dumb luck. So uh, one of my adult organ students was the partner of the audio engineer at the Braves. Okay. And he said, they're looking for an organ player. Wow. So they were kind of looking more behind sc- the scenes than they were like, there was no audition or there was no press release. It was just the audio engineer kind of um, asking his friends. Wow. That's pretty cool, man. And, it's fantastic. I and I, I, without like within me finding out that there was a position open, um, I got a call back. Um, like he, he told his partner and his partner called the boss and I got a call back within an hour. Thanks. Like not even think, like not even giving me a, enough time to think about whether I could do eighty one games a year or whatever. I just uh, took the phone call and had an interview a week later, and man, I just kind of rolled from there. Timing's everything. That's,
0: Dude, that's yeah, seriously. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. T-
1: tying in with timing, it's a little. I think you were here probably. You would have been here a little bit after these people, but you went to the University of Arizona, correct? Is
5: that correct? Yeah, from '95 to '98.
1: Okay, so you just missed the people I was going to ask you about because they played late '80s, early '90s. There, did uh, do they still talk about Trevor Hoffman and Kenny Lofton there? Because they both went to Arizona. My wife's favorite pitcher ever was Trevor Hoffman. <laughs>
5: right? He's an yeah, Arizona guy. So. Believe it or not, I really didn't follow Arizona baseball because our basketball team won the big, national championship. Yeah,
1: Stoudemire and,
5: years and yeah. Um, no, it was actually after that It was Mike Bibby. Okay. Um Jason Terry, yeah. Michael Dickerson, Miles yeah. Simon. Yeah. Um that was probably 96, okay. 97 maybe. Yeah, Bibby, um, number 10. And then and and our football our football team that year um, when I was um like 95, 96. Teddy Bruski was on our defense Okay, um, and we had what we call the desert swarm defense. So that back when really I was fun. there, it was, it was all about football and basketball. There you go. Right. The, Once uh, again,
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you, uh, so you play an SK two at Truist um, for the gear people out there. And you also play an SK one and an, I'm sorry, an SK one and an XK three. What's, kind of the differences, are there any big differences between an SK-1 and an SK-2 and um, for the gear nuts out there?
5: Yeah, well, here at the house, and um, you guys could see it, the people at home can't see it, but you guys could see behind me there's a Hammond B-3 organ. So the Hammond B-3 was made in the, um, um, I want to say the 50s, 60s, 70s, and those those are analog working parts in there. There's a motor that Mm-hmm. runs around and everything's all analog inside there. So they've um, in the last, you know, 20 years or so, they've tried to digitize what you see kind of behind me with a Hammond B3 Organ. And the newer the newer products are the SK series, SK standing for stage keyboard. And that's what I use at the stadium and it's a lot better to use than say a B3 at the stadium because I could just plug it in right to the mixing board and it has an on Kind of onboard Leslie effect. Okay. So there's um, there's a Leslie speaker that goes with these organs. I've got one behind um, the organ over there, and the Leslie speaker has a a rotating horn. It's actually two horns that rotate, but only one of the horns actually produces sound, and the other one's for counterweight balance. I didn't know that. So one's kind of a dummy horn, one's actually working, and it's rotating around and um the leslie speaker produces a kind of rotary doppler effect now in the newer instruments they do they do a digital simulation of that and that's where the sk1 and the sk2 really work to, uh, to our advantage at the stadium so we don't have to work with a 400 um, pound instrument
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's
5: a only a thirty pound instrument in the yeah. SK two. Yeah. So you don't have to mic it
0: up and worry to, about yeah. Yeah, all that stuff. feedback. Yeah. Correct. Thing. Yeah. Yeah.
5: And I could use headphones and um, if I wanted to change the sounds, which I don't like to. I, I like to I'm a pure organist in that way where I like to just have organ. I don't like to even play with a drum machine. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, there there are organists in the league who, who do all the groove boxes and you know, Sir Foster with the Hawks, he's a master at that. He he does all all so- sorts of sounds and stuff like that. Me, I'm I'm more of a pure organist where I just want to play my instrument. Yeah,
0: <laughs> there's been a few times where you've sort of just gone live, set up your phone, and you know you'll just go live for an inning or two, and um, that has been such an enjoyable thing for me to watch. Where it's just you're not even really interacting; you're just setting up the phone and doing your thing and catching just the sounds of the game going on. And then the organ interspersed and all that, and the you hear the announcers in the background. Number five, Freddie Freeman. <laughs> it's just yeah. such a great, uh, really experience. If you if you guys first go follow uh, Matthew on Twitter at Braves Organist, and he's on Facebook as well. Um, are you on Instagram too?
5: Yep, at Braves Organist. I should be following
0: yeah. you. I don't think I am. Um, but
5: uh, and actually, beginning beginning today, I'm on Cameo.
0: Okay, so,
5: The Cameo yeah. actually, they actually contacted me. I'm like, no one wants to pay for me.
0: <laughs> oh, That's big time right there. That's when you know. That's when you know you've made it. You who, needs blue, a- who needs the
1: blue? Who needs the blue check mark when you got the cameo? Right. There you
5: <laughs> go. Cameo. <laughs> well, I think on cameo, what I'm going to do if people want me to play a walk-up song for them, yeah. whether I choose it or if they choose it, then let's do that on cameo. I could just set the video um the camera on me and and I'll play your walk up song. That's fantastic.
0: That's good. I love it. I love it. Uh has there ever been a moment in a game where you uh where like we've all done it, maybe you haven't, I don't know, but uh, where you've botched something in a big moment and you
5: just went, <laughs> "Oh my god, I, I just did that." <laughs> I I make mistakes all the time, but I would guess most people don't know it's a mistake. Okay. Fair enough. So um in my mind, I make mistakes every game. Okay. But I wonder how many people notice it.
0: Yeah, I think you can probably get away with it, you know. And I guess the, the stadium atmosphere is pretty forgiving, too. If there's something, you know, uh, something minor that goes on, we probably would not even even be aware. Um, flip right. that. It, do you have a moment where you go, bro, I really nailed that, in like an important <laughs> moment in a game or important moment in a, you know, a series where you're like, I made an impact right there. I added to the, you know what I mean? Um
5: yeah you know th- i I've played so many games so this past year i have gotten over a thousand games underneath my belt big or Braves, Braves. games
2: for Braves. Yeah, i
5: also yeah, do yeah i also do u g a baseball and right. and other colleges as well so I've done maybe thirteen hundred by now um you know what there was one uh, this past year or yeah this past year at u g a there was a series, one of one of our uh radio announcers is a big Led Zeppelin fan okay. okay. So during one long inning, and actually, it was UGA was scoring a lot. And during one long inning, I wanted to see how many Led Zeppelin songs I could fit in that half inning. And I think I got up to thirteen Led Zeppelin oh, songs. That, and I was pretty proud of myself. And the only reason why there wasn't any more is because there's there's a third out. I could I had no more oppo- opportunities to play a Led Zeppelin song.
0: And are you doing these off the top of your head, or do you have a kind of a fake book, a real book, or a
5: you know, I, I'm a fan of Led Zeppelin, so I had him on the top of my head. That's awesome. It? You know, most most of what I play at the stadiums are memorized because it takes too much time to open the music. Now, yeah. sometimes if I have a long time to play before, then I'll I'll have my iPad there, and I have plenty of music on my iPad, but. Um, throughout kind of the game action I try to have everything memorized
1: I know you threw cashmere on one of your projects I can't remember yeah. but you'd put it at the end with another song I don't remember which one off the top of my head but knowing you're
5: a- Yeah there's subdivisions and subdivisions cashmere. And category, it's kind of that's a, right. yep. a mashup. Yeah, I remember that.
0: So. <laughs> if uh, anybody listening is out there in, uh, in Atlanta or, or coming into Atlanta, take the opportunity when you can to get to a Braves game early for batting practice. Because I know then you get to hear Matthew just sort of playing for an extended time, doing your thing while the while the usually while the opposing team, I think, uh, takes mm-hmm, yeah and uh batting
1: practice is fun for anybody oh man you gotta be there anyway
0: batting practice is its own sort of environment and it's you know it's really fun but the you just walk it's like a i get like an endorphin rush when i when i walk into the stadium (laughs) see the field come up you know what i mean and then you get the organ it just is a it's a whole atmosphere that really just chemically it works for me man i just love yeah
1: what's uh what's your favorite food at Truist park if you get you go do question. you eat the food there? I'm going to give you the right answer. It's the H and F burger. Um, it's amazing. <laughs> H&F I, burger. I had the first H and F burger of the World Series. I was at Game Three, and I was like in by five o'clock. You're first in line? No, I wasn't. I was first in line for H and F. I bought okay. the first one of the World Series. That's awesome. So I was like, ah.
5: What is your yeah.
1: favorite food at Truist Park? I would say
5: um, Fox Brothers.
2: Okay, mm, yeah. there we go. Uh,
5: barbecue. barbecue, yeah, and. um, uh, Um, A lot of times when I go there, there's employee food and it's not going to be the same as... As what's down. As the restaurants out there. Down
1: with the common folk. With us common
5: (laughs) (laughs) So, So, yeah, if, if I'm going to like one of the um, stands i'm gonna i'm gonna search out that fox brothers i think
0: there we go okay so now you've been in uh two different stadiums for the braves do you have a preference as far as your setup your vantage point uh even even the in and out what do you ha- do you have a preference between truest uh and uh turner field
5: um I, I live in lilburn for anyone around atlanta is the northeast side of atlanta and it was it was a lot easier to get to Turner Field from where I live. Okay, <laughs> so a little more of a from that vantage point. Turner Field actually uh, was was definitely uh, better for me. Okay, um, vantage point in Turner Field. I actually was in the press box, meaning not in the whole area, but in the actual press box with the reporters. Okay, and what was nice about that is the windows opened completely. There's like, like a whole panoramic view of the stadium. And we were on the second level. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll have to give it to Turner Field on that point as well. Okay. So um, however, everything else with Truist Park, the whole battery area and um, the whole experience, there's a record store <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you know, in the battery area called uh, uh, Waterloo Sunset Records. So everything else around Truist Park definitely gets a win for me. Okay, uh, with with Turner Field, you know, you have just um, that bullpen. I guess mm-hmm. was was the only little restaurant there. Um, but um, yeah, the, it has pluses and minuses for both. Okay,
0: All right, fair enough. Well said. Uh, so as as we're speaking, we are just over a week removed from the Braves winning the World Series, um, and of course, everybody's been going insane. It was it was. Fantastic moment. And uh, for those of us who've been lifelong Braves fans, it was a long, a long wait from, you know, uh, 95 to, uh, of course, talking to a guy who grew up watching the Cubs, you know, (laughs) whatever. Uh, Yeah, uh, (laughs) I'm sure you understand. Um, But uh, after after the World Series, you got to do something incredibly cool, which was be part of the World Series parade. Um, Parade.
5: Yeah, that was awesome.
0: Tell us a little bit about that experience.
5: Well, it was, it was awesome, but it was a cold <laughs> so yeah. that more, that morning was cold. If you, if you saw a video of me, I actually had a winter hat on top of my Braves hat and I had my gloves were in my pocket cause I had to play. Yeah. And they put me, um, they put me in a back of a semi on a flatbed with the heavy hitters. <laughs> so luckily I brought my earplugs because those drums yeah. are pretty loud. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it was it was amazing, you know. To um, in the first part, we went through downtown Atlanta, and then we went through Midtown. And I had Mark Owen's next to me, who is the in-game host. Um, and for us to, like, we've been working together for thirteen. He's been there for fifteen years. I've been there for thirteen. Um, and we were just saying how cool it was. Like we've been through so many seasons, you know. And um, just to see the sea of people, and you know, I could actually say that I've played for a million people. Right, and um, between that and Truist Park, and my kids actually got to go with my neighbor. My wife was actually working, but my neighbor took my kids over there, and I got to wave to them. Oh, that's, that's pretty. They good. were in the midtown area. What a moment! Um, so you know, I don't really get, I don't really get too starstruck when it comes to players, mm-hmm. but it's those moments like that, like being a part of a parade or that's or cool. uh, being being and you know playing the organ for the world series while everyone's watching you know stuff like that to me is is what i get excited for
0: yeah and that's great and that you know you'll have you'll have moments that can go back and be watched for all of you know recorded sports history you'll be part of it you know it's just it's crazy mm-hmm. to think about the legacy that that sort of you know what I mean? You'll be a trivia question on yeah. Jeopardy one day for sure, right? This sports <laughs> organist used to, you know, used to have fun with opposing players and, and was part of the Braves 21 World Series win. And,
5: and then he got fired for playing something <laughs> <laughs> That's right. and he offended the wrong guy Just kidding. one
0: day. And uh,
5: yeah. Man, uh, this has been this a blast. Has been
1: this has been fun, man. We have
0: we have one question that we ask everybody. Yep. I'll Let JP ask you this. Yeah, so you're uh, sure.
1: you're on tour. You're touring doing your solo stuff, doing the traveling with the Braves when they take you (laughs) on the road. Uh, uh, I'll joke aside, you go into a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? And while you're thinking of it, I'll tell you mine. I get a Three Musketeers bar. Um, When I was growing up, my mom would say, you could have any candy bar you want, and it's the most ounces. So I get a Three Musketeers bar. What is your gas station snack food of choice?
5: I think I share mine with my family, but it's combos. Oh, every time we go on a trip, it's going to be combos and— Pepperoni or which uh, ones? Does it matter? And actually, um, you know, I actually, I kind of like them all. I I go with whatever my kids pick out. Okay. Okay. So my daughters are eight and 11 and they they'll pick up probably usually the pizza one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now you, you, you Atlanta people are going to hate me now, but, um, I actually, I, I prefer diet Pepsi. Okay. Over Coke, wow. Over Coke, Coke unfortunately. So I'm going to say Diet Pepsi and Combos. All right.
0: <laughs> I saw you drinking a Pepsi Zero Sugar a little while ago. I was like, all right, Pepsi. Yeah.
5: Pepsi. You know, the one thing from Chicago that has never left is my love for Pepsi.
0: (laughs) Ray Charles would be
1: impressed. So there you go. You got the right one. Nailed it. That's That's
2: good
0: stuff. Matthew, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, It's been a real treat to get to talk to you. And uh, congratulations on everything you've done with the Braves. Hopefully we get to see you for a a long time to come. We'll make sure to tell our listeners to pick up
1: LA Connection with Jeff Hamilton and Bruce Foreman on there and and you bringing it on home. So thanks
5: so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Appreciate it. We'll Absolutely, catch up soon,
0: man. man. Cool, man. Have a good one. And it's one, two, <laughs> three strikes, you're out at the Great Song Podcast. There you go. <laughs> it is baseball season once again. We couldn't be happier. Uh, this is our second fully baseball themed episode. Center we Field. Did was center it? Field by John Fogarty, in which we wrongly said. That he was saying, put me (laughs) in cold, and I've never gone through and just cut that section out. We're just leaving it. But we need to put a disclaimer on that episode. It's put me in, coach, crying out loud. We believed something in the last second and didn't (laughs) think to just look at the lyrics in the liner notes. (laughs) Whatever, man. It's put me in, coach. Um, But, yeah, we're so excited to have baseball back. As you can tell, we went full-blown Double barrel, you know, opening day. As double much header. baseball as we could squeeze. That's in. right. So big, big, big. Thank you to Aaron Tuning, Matthew Kaminsky, to joining uh, for joining us today on what has just been a baseball love fest um and you know what we're not done i'm sure we'll do another baseball episode any excuse we can do to (laughs) to mix our passions for the atlanta braves and uh music we'll 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 find so hope you guys have enjoyed this uh extra large episode of a great song podcast celebrating the national pastime i'm going to call it that even though it's not anymore um (laughs) football has far surpassed i mean are you kidding me but uh baseball lives on forever stay strong Enjoy Major League Baseball. Let's go Braves. Let's repeat. Let's do all the things. And then we'll be back next week with your regularly scheduled programming. (laughs) Actual, you know, just straight-up music coverage with no sports. Uh, another theme another theme starting next, next week so we'll see you again coming out of
1: movie month we had this is kind of the segue it's yes. kind of the, the pause between the months that's right uh, but another theme month next month uh, we hope you guys enjoy yes. it
0: this week we were in 1908 next week we're going to be in 2021 there we I go I promise boom so if you, if you belong somewhere in the middle you're going to enjoy <laughs> it
2: alright we'll catch you guys next week with another great song until then I'm Rob I'm JP go listen to some music